is officially open. With the first pick, with the second pick, with the 32nd pick, the Detroit Lions select, the Jacksonville Jaguars select, the Carolina Panthers select, Green Bay Packers select, Jordan Love. Back. Oh my God. Oh, Come on. <laughs> I cannot believe it. One of the best times to draft a quarterback is when you don't need one. Why didn't you get a wide receiver in a wide receiver rich draft? Packers window is closed. Good evening. This is Talking Sports with Evan, NFL Draft Edition. And um, once again, NFL Draft is here, Christmas to my ears. And um, did have a music bed to play, but apparently it wants to start from the middle of it instead of the beginning. But I'll figure that out momentarily. But lots that go on with the NFL Draft. Aaron Rodgers is now a New York Jet, which is definitely different. Um, Kind of similar, you know, kind of similar to the whole Brett Favre situation, but here we are again now just with Rodgers. But with that, uh, like last year, joined by guest uh, Emlyn Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me Joining me again this year. We're about four minutes away uh, from the uh, start of the draft and the Carolina Panthers officially being on the clock. But before we do go in, uh, once again, like I said, thank you for joining me on tonight's show. A pleasure to be here again. It was a great broadcast, I thought, last year, and this year certainly looks even more exciting. We've got, uh, I think, a first round filled with quarterbacks and chaos. This is uh, one of the most unpredictable drafts I can remember, at least in the last 20 years, where you have no idea, starting with Houston, what's going to happen in the next couple of picks, and it could just get wild in a lot of different directions. And we don't even know what's going to happen with the first pick either. We know it's likely going to be a quarterback, but I've seen – Will Levis from Kentucky thrown in there, Anthony Richardson from uh, Florida, Bryce Young, uh, C.J. Stroud. I've seen all four of them mentioned at some point to Carolina. So don't really even know what Carolina is going to do. I, I think it'll be Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. We'll find out if I'm wrong, which good chance I will be. But the reason you know people are debating if it that it's likely not going to be Bryce Young is because he doesn't fit the threshold that the quarter the head coach for the the Panthers prefers he likes his quarterback 6263 ish and Stroud is about 510 and a buck 95 so i guess they could go any direction too yeah i think levis fits more of his physical sort of profile or cj stroud next but but boy at 510 and a quarter and and i, I know he weighed 204 at the combine but I, I keep hearing rumors that he, he's going to probably be playing at about 190 pounds, and I just think we're looking at a at a repeat of another Alabama quarterback that's currently in the NFL that has a, a really difficult time staying healthy in Tua. You just – big people hitting you. When you've got 300-pounders that can, can get away as quickly as they can in that interior or edge rushers coming off at 270 that are running four fives, he takes one or two good shots, and, hey, 190 pounds isn't a lot of beef. Yeah, and the thing with the thing with Young, where I know you have your Drew Brees, your Russell Wilsons, your um, Kyler Murray, who are small quarterbacks in statue, but they they have some uh, beef to them. Like they're built, they they carry they carry more weight. I think Wilson's like two fifteen, two twenty. Um, Absolutely, Murray, he's a, he's a muscular guy, and and Murray's like two fifteen. Where and, and um, Murray's been hurt. Yeah, Murray's had the same thing. But 
Bryce Young doesn't have the frame to put on much more weight than what he currently is. No, I think he's. I think he's got a real disadvantage there. And and you you know you mentioned Russell Wilson, which I think is a, is a pretty good comparison for him. But Wilson went in the third round because of questions about his height, and he's a full inch taller than uh, Bryce Young is. And it just it scares me coming out of Alabama. I think anybody could have looked good in that offense. Not to say that he doesn't look great on film and he doesn't have a lot of skills, but this is not a six foot and under league. I mean, he's going to go against some guys that are really, really big. And when you look at a, a guy like Baker Mayfield, who's six foot, two inches taller, he has a lot of passes batted down during the course of a game and a season. And that just makes me so nervous when you're looking at it. And I understand that the NFL is evolving. I understand it's changing. But that coaching staff, as you mentioned, they like a certain type of quarterback. And even in bringing in Jim Caldwell as their senior offensive assistant, who's, a, who's experienced with quarterbacks and has developed them, they've all been big guys. They've all been 6'4". And to bring somebody in that's a half a foot shorter, it's just a different ballgame for somebody that, that tall. Yeah, and with that, I'm going to hit the intro because the draft is starting. So that means our draft show is officially about to start. Maybe NFL draft on the clock. is officially open with the first pick, with the second pick, with the 32nd pick. The Detroit Lions select, the Jacksonville Jaguars select, the Carolina Panthers select, the Green Bay Packers select, Jordan Love. Back. Oh my God. Oh my God. Come on. <laughs> I cannot believe it. One of the best times to draft a quarterback is when you don't need one. Why didn't you get a wide receiver in a wide receiver rich draft? Packers window is closed. And as we heard the commissioner say in the music bed here, he's about to probably step on stage any moment now um, at the draft, that the NFL draft is now open. Uh, you know, I picked a couple of the clips there just because I think it's very fitting. Uh, three years ago, yes, three years ago, four years ago now, the Packers selected Jordan Love in the first round in a wide receiver rich draft, which... You know, going into that draft, Jordan Love was actually projected a first-round pick by a lot of the draft pundits. Like, I, I think Todd McShay especially thought he was going to go before your um, your Tua's and your Herbert, which obviously was wrong. But now it's going to be the Jordan Love show in Green Bay. And pretty big draft this year for Green Bay, meaning they need to get some help around Jordan Love, be it a tight end or wide receiver. And tight ends position is quite deep in this draft, but the wide receiver position is not that deep. And this week, the Packers moved up to spot uh, two or three spots in a pick swap with the Jets, as well as getting a second round pick, a, a likely first round pick next year, assuming Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps um, for the Jets, and then a sixth round pick this year. And Kind of the big news leading up to the draft is when would Aaron Rodgers get traded? And I'm kind of glad it happened the other day and not it's not going to happen tonight because tonight we can focus on this year's draft class rather than one where Rodgers get traded. But I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that trade and what are some – I know you're not really a Packer fan, but what are some avenues you think the Packers might potentially go with when they are on the clock at pick number 13? I think you hit it right on the head. I think it's tight end, and and I, it's got to be – you've got some really good players, all of them capable of, of providing that safety net that you want for a young quarterback. 
You get somebody that's in his first full year as a starter, you want to have an outlet for him. Losing Tunyon, I think that creates a gaping, a gaping hole for the Packers. Uh, wide receivers, you, you picked up Watson last year. He's there. I think he's shown the potential to be a QB1. Um, I would have liked to have seen him go uh, with Sky Moore last year. I think he's got some uh, tremendous upside as well with that went to Kansas City. But Watson has, has shown, once he and Rodgers got on the same page, that he can be a player in this league. Then it's a matter of just filling guys in. And getting a tight end, though, gives Jordan Love that outlet when he gets in distress or in trouble. And you've got a lot of good players. You play into the strength of the draft. And I think jumping up a couple of spaces – uh, will help them because Dallas is looking for a tight end as well, too. And I think they're going to be going that direction in the first round. They need to get somebody to replace Dalton Schultz that left him in free agency. I, I think the trade f- with Rodgers was inevitable, and I think the draft hall was pretty good on it. They picked up, besides moving up a couple of spots, they, they picked up the potential to pick up a number one next year if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps and a number two this year. It's a good situation. You're going to pick up a couple of starters out of this that are going to help your young quarterback out and uh, and hopefully keep you going in a division where there's really not a dominant quarterback. The other the other three, Kirk Cousins, is on the backside of a average career. Jared Goff is uh, while they went uh, eight out of eight and two the last ten games of the year hasn't proven to be a dominant quarterback. And Justin Fields, you know, coming within sixty four yards of the NFL rushing title for uh, rookie quarterbacks is great, but hasn't proved anything that he can lead an offense that can compete at a playoff level just yet. And the Bears are several years away, whatever they think uh, is actually going to happen. They're they're still in a massive rebuild mode there. Yeah, and you mentioned tight end, just some names that are likely going to be first-round tight ends. And I'm going to get my my thoughts on taking a tight end, tight end that early in a second. But Michael, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, uh, probably the best uh, – all-around tight end when it comes to blocking and receiving. Uh, biggest concern I do have with him is his ability to get open in the NFL. He uh, had a hard time getting separation and getting open in college, and that's going to definitely become harder to do um, once he gets to the NFL because he's going to be going against guys bigger, stronger, faster than him. Uh, Darnell Washington, six foot seven, uh, 270, Really good blocker, freak athlete, and that's the one who I really keep my eyes on for the Packers drafting for the fact that we see it year after year. The Packers like taking the freakish athletes who test high and high RAS, uh, uh, RAS score. That's uh, where you take the different tests that are done and measurements and all that, 10 being the highest. The Packers tend to like guys with scores that are really high in that regard. And then develop the football skills later, which I think they need more ready guys. But just knowing the way the Packers operate, he's a guy to definitely keep an eye on. Dalton Kincaid, who's a great receiver, but questionable blocker. And Luke Musgrave, those are like the the early guys. But some late guys to keep an eye on, which this is why I don't necessarily want them to necessarily go with pick 13 as a tight end. You got Tucker Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State, Sam Laporta from Iowa, Luke Schumacher from Michigan, and John Wiley from Cincinnati. Those are guys that can probably get tomorrow or Saturday for that position. Uh, I know it's not going to happen, but my preferred pick, my dream pick, my if the Packers took, I'll be very happy, is Jackson Smith 
uh, Jigba. He's a slot receiver, wide receiver, Ohio State. Great route runner, great hands, can uh, when healthy, which he wasn't healthy last year in college, had put up a ton of strong numbers. And he's a guy I wouldn't mind in Green Bay. And the reason why I'm not a big fan of tight ends early is tight ends one of those positions it seems to take guys a little bit to become NFL players. Um, TJ Hawkinson, he had struggled to become that next guy, and he was thought about that he was going to be some big superstar. The other receiver from Iowa that year, can't think of his name offhand, he's with the Seahawks now. He struggled to really come out in the league. But then you have guys like Travis Travis Kelsey, um, Rob Gronkowski, uh, George Kittle, who are drafted later in the draft, and they end up having more of a bigger impact than the first-round guys do. If the Packers were to, let's say, trade back in the first round to towards in between 20 and 30, I'd be a little more happy with a tight end. But I just feel tight end's a position that they can wait for, but they definitely need to get Jordan Love more help with the offensive weapons. And how ironic would it be the last time the Packers took a wide receiver in the first round was 2002. The last time the Packers took a tight end in the first round was 2000. And the last time the Packers took a wide receiver or a tight end in the first round before that was 1988. So how funny would it be you trade Rodgers and the first thing you do is you draft a skilled position offensive guy in round number one. I would chuckle a little bit. It would be different. It would be different. I agree with you. I think your your tight ends are going to be there um, late in the first round. And don't, let's not forget the Packers have pick 42 in the second round, and they've showed a propensity to trade up to get the guy they want if, if he's sitting there left over after last night uh, or after tonight. So that, that second round could be a spot where if a, a Meyer, who I agree with you, is, is the best blocker. And I think one of the most exciting things <laughs> – for the Packers going into this season is this will be the first time that we really get to see Matt LaFleur's offense at its purest sense. I think he he catered a lot of things to Aaron Rodgers, moved away from some of the things that he brought with him, and I would like to see uh, what he's able to do sort of installing his offense from the get-go and being able to do all of the things that he wants and in terms of the jet sweeps and some of the motion things that maybe took a back burner and, and guys like Aaron Jones should be excited about it because they're going to get a chance to run the ball a little bit more in some situations. Maybe they didn't get to in the last couple of years. Yeah. Rogers is one that has said um, before um, that there's two versions to Matt LaFleur's offense. There's the way he would like things to be ran. And then there's the way they actually run things. And that's definitely something that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, to be perfectly honest, but one of the first things he said as he was, as he was learning the new offense is two versions. There's my version, and then there's the offense is supposed to be. Yeah, and then the first stories that came out. At the- Go ahead. You, I, I think you saw some of that last year with the stories that are coming out in the last couple of months that that they talked about Rodgers using hand signals that the new receivers didn't know because they were from the old offense and some of those things. It just, yeah. it goes to, is that was the system ever really pure in, in the sense of what you were trying to run? And, and do you get a chance to do that? And, and I think, I think he'd like to run the ball more. I think he'd like to do some more play action stuff and, and to be able to do it now 
with a younger quarterback, it's got to be incredibly hard. First-time head coach, one year as the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. You walk in the door, and you're playing with a, a guy who's, who's probably most likely a, a Hall of Famer and has been there for years and has won a Super Bowl and has his ring, and you're trying to sort of battle that when he's not much younger than you are, and that uh, that becomes a, a difficult situation for any new leader in, in any new situation to have. And uh, he handled it well. I mean, 13 and three, 13 and three, his first two years out the gate. It's a heck of a run. Yeah. Looks and like, sorry. Looks like we have Caroline on the clock now. Yep. Caroline is on the clock. So the Chiefs Super Bowl champions out there uh, early on with celebration of the tro- Lombardi trophy. But I was just going to say when you look at um, year two and year three with LaFleur, when Rodgers was more bought in on what the offense wanted to do, the offense flew, uh, flowed a lot better. And then year one, year four, it's almost like um, it's almost like Rodgers just wanted to do what he wanted to do. And you know, I, I one thing I like about Jordan Love, he's you know he's probably not going to be great right out of the gate, but he's going to run the offense the way he uh, the floor wants to run it. So now we get to kind of see what kind of coach the floor is too. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the safety net of Aaron Rodgers who can make something out of nothing uh, to Devontae Adams, who obviously left before last year's draft. We get to finally see what the floor is. The one issue I have with the floor is Joe Barry is still the defensive coordinator in, in Green Bay. I wish that's the change they would have made as the defense is too inconsistent with Joe Barry. And a lot of times it doesn't seem like they're ever on the same page. And then you get the third and law, a third and short. Let's go twelve yards off the, the receiver, where they only need four yards. And what's your quarterback going to do? Just quick out, a uh, quick uh, pass mm-hmm. to the receiver, and boom, first down. That's what I don't like about Joe Barry. It takes him too long to make adjustments, and when he finally does, and they work, he then goes back to what wasn't working. So yeah, that, that was a questionable. Uh, that was a questionable decision to keep him in place. He just seems overly cautious and overly. Uh, tentative defensively, where you'd like to just see some of these guys just get after him and let's play a little more press man coverage. I know Jair Alexander did not have a great year last year, and uh, but his certainly he's he's a confident corner, and you want that a guy that can lock somebody down and and uh, and take away your outside threats. He definitely played better though when they went more allowing him to go more press and follow mm-hmm. the number one guy around. Uh, Remember the second Viking game against the against Jefferson, where Jefferson was held to I think what three catches and one of the catches he had. Uh, so they did a great job of bracketing Jefferson that game with safety help, so Jair could be a little bit more physical because he knew he had backup. The one time the safety didn't do his job, uh, Jefferson had a catch. So, like I said, he's shown that he can make those changes. But too often he does it too late, mm-hmm. and then he goes back to what what was the problem in the first place. So Carolina's on the clock. We talked about it already. We're thinking quarterback. I'm thinking Bryce Young. Um, Bryce Young's a quarterback who, yes, he's very undersized with a small frame, but he's very quick-minded. He quick quick processes. He can see the whole field and get the ball out very quickly, and he's an accurate quarterback. And I know the NFL is going to be a different ball game. But Bryce Young does have some attributes that if he wasn't 195 pounds with very little space to put more more weight on, mm-hmm. 
he would be a, he would no doubt be the number one pick in the draft. And it was CJ Stroud everybody thought, but now it's coming out that there's some new uh, test that they like to do. And he yes, too. Yep, the 17th percentile, and Bryce Young was in the 98th percentile. And I get those tests help us a little bit, but at the end of the day, CJ Stroud on the football field can make plays happen, and that's what I that's what I want to see with my quarterback. I want to see him make plays. Yeah, Stroud is more your traditional uh, size that you want with with six three and two fourteen. But decision making for a quarterback and the ability to to understand concepts, I think back to some quarterbacks back when uh, everybody was obsessed with the Wonderlick score and using that as the benchmark. You had a lot of guys that didn't score well with Wonderlicks that ended up being quarterbacks that couldn't make good decisions, and and one of them is in the Hall of Fame, and I still don't understand why. But Dan Marino, I think, is a, is a classic example of a guy that scored terrible on the Wonderlick and virtually throughout his entire career could not run a play-action passing offense because he couldn't turn his back to the line of scrimmage and then make his reads when he needed to. And I think that held him back. And everybody points out quickly, you know, Marino led him to a Super Bowl, but they were in a Super Bowl two years before that with uh, David uh, David Adderley, and, and he – certainly doesn't qualify for the Hall of Fame on anybody's imagination. So he came into a stacked team. I, I have some questions about Stroud. That's my big question with that. And the other one is, with Stroud, what was the last Ohio State quarterback that did well in the NFL? I guess we're still waiting for him. Yes. <laughs> Bryce Young, by all accounts, just a really nice young man and the kind of fellow that you, if you're going to have somebody who's going to lead your franchise, I think he's – and you can never say never, but I think he's one of those guys that you can put your trust in that he's going to be a good representative of your organization and he's going to have the humility to come in there, earn his job, lead your franchise, and not cause you a whole lot of problems. Yeah, the issue I have with uh, Levis, a couple of issues, he is, again, your more reporter's typical size, 6'3", 229. Uh, the issue I have with him is, so 2021, Kentucky had a pretty solid team in front of him. Mm-hmm. Threw for 2,800 yards, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 66% completion percentage. That 13 interceptions to me is a little high in, in the mm-hmm. college game. And he struggled have, with that. Yeah, Bryce, uh, CJ Stroud with six, Bryce Young with a lot less than that. And then his senior year, where the talent wasn't as good, 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and 65.4 career uh, completion percentage. Typically, quarterbacks that throw high-volume interceptions, and I know some Packer fans are going to say, well, Jordan Love threw a lot of interception his final year at Utah State. Same thing, <coughs> lost a bunch of talent. But even with talent, he still threw a lot of interceptions. And typically, quarterbacks that throw a lot of interceptions in college don't throw less interceptions in the NFL. I guess that's my biggest concern with him is ball security. And Panthers pick is in, so we will get to find out who it is very soon. Yeah, to piggyback on Levis, I think accuracy is the big question. He's got a big arm. The kid can throw 70 yards from his knees, but you've got to wonder. He was a little dinged up his senior year, but you you wonder, is he going to be Josh Allen and get more accurate in the NFL? Because we, before Josh Allen, I don't think you'd ever seen anybody make those kind of strides. So if he goes with elite coaching, if he gets in the right situation, could it be that? Stroud, my concern with him is he played with a lot of great, great wide receivers that are all going to be number one draft picks. So I don't know that we've seen him where he's had to throw to a number one that's been double covered. Uh, and I, I'm curious as to his decision-making. Anthony Richardson, 
and uh, Hendon Hooker are two more quarterbacks that could possibly go in this first round. And I think both of them come with some serious question marks. Richardson, a one-season starter, 13 games started under his belt. His S2 scores, again, were horrible. And he's only 20 years old. Are you going to give a 20-year-old that much money, ask him to be the head of your franchise and be a leader? Or are you going to have him sit for a year or two? Are you in a situation? So the team that picks him, I think, will be very interesting. And then Hendon Hooker, his age is on a problem as well. But on the other side, he's 25 years old going into this draft. A lot of experience, a lot of starts. Uh, has faced adversity and come back from it, but he's also coming off a serious knee injury that in spite of his uh, orthopedic surgeon sending out a note today, it, it's a question mark and it's going to take some recovery time for him. I'm going to cut you off here because Panthers pick is in. Goodell's at the, the podium. So I don't see which is the way I do how it didn't have to replay all the time. But anyway. Uh, Bryce Young, number one overall pick. Uh, Panthers are going with the the smaller but probably best all-around prospect at the quarterback position when it comes to uh, tangibles other than his size. So Bryce Young to Carolina, no DJ Moore, but that's going to be a very interesting team. It's a very good coaching staff that Frank Wright put together in Carolina, and now Frank Wright finally has his quarterback because in Indianapolis, he had his quarterback abruptly retire. Then he had Jacoby Brissett. Then he had um, Philip Rivers. Then he had Carson Wentz. Then he had Matt Ryan. And then he lost his job. So now he has a, a young quarterback that he can try to groom to see what he gets out of Bryce Young. And I don't think there's an expectation in Carolina that they're going to be a playoff contender this year. No. So I think that helps Frank Reich to put some the pieces together. And they've got a decent team around him, and they'll just continue to grow. Uh, this is the third time that uh, Carolina's had the number one pick in the NFL draft. You go back, they drafted Cam Newton back in 2011. And before that, they had the first pick overall in 95. They traded down, picked up uh, the number five pick and another pick. Uh, and then they ended up selected Kerry Collins. So it wasn't a surprise that they went quarterback here with the first pick given need in their history. Now the draft begins. Yeah. Everybody both- early on thought Houston was going to go QB. Now, I don't know. I think Houston still goes QB. I think it's more of a smoke screen to try to get – I think Houston is trying to see if they could trade back mm-hmm. because they knew Bryce Young, who fits what – Ryan's wants to do in Houston with his with his style. I think they knew Young was likely going to be gone, so they planned to see that hey, we may not go quarterback. So then you have your Tennessee Titans and your Oakland uh, Las Vegas Raiders and your Washington Commanders who could use a quarterback upgrade. I know the uh, Raiders just signed Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo they could upgrade from definitely. So I think it was to kind of see what they could field in trades for somebody to trade up. But I'm guessing they weren't blown away by any of the offers that they they received. And um, my guess is they end up going C.J. Stroud or uh, Richardson at quarterback. That's my guess. Well, I find it interesting. If they go with C.J. Stroud, you got to kind of think at some point that they would consider doing a, a Joe Burrow uh, a Joe Burrow kind of situation and get him his high his uh, college wide receiver. I hope Jackson, not, <laughs> Jackson will be there at twelve, I think. And and if that's the case, you could pluck your first wide receiver off the board and give give you two guys that have worked together in college. 
if that's the way it's going to go. I think Houston's going to go defense. He's he Ryan's, already. That's you know, Ryan's comes with the thought process. He's a defensive coach. He's he saw last year that they ended up with Mr. Irrelevant in San Francisco, where he was the, the DC. They ended up going to the playoffs with him. And I think I don't know that he values a quarterback as highly as uh as you would think. And I think maybe this is a spot where you start to rebuild your team. And boy, you look at guys like Will Anderson Jr. and his potential. And uh, even Jalen Carter banning banning his uh, off the field stuff. I mean, there's some incredible talent out there defensively with this pick. And truthfully, there's some good quarterbacks in next year's draft that may yeah. affect his thinking. That is true. And he brought up Bo Anderson Jr. And uh, I think he's a fine player prospect, but I don't think he's as I don't think he's a special player against Tennessee um, against. I can't remember what the right tackle's name is. I think Wright is his last name, who, again, I wouldn't mind if the Packers took in round two. He handled Anderson easily in that game. If this was, let's say, a draft where you have like a Miles Garrett or Bosa, Mm -hmm. Anderson's nowhere near top five because he's not, to me, he's not in those categories. He's not in those guys' categories at all. And I think Anderson's going to become a fine player, but he doesn't jump off the page to me as a top five player. But with the way the draft is this year, where there's only about 15 to 20 actual first round value guys, he's one of the top three, four players in this draft. And it's kind of because of just, this is a very lackluster year Mm -hmm. for the NFL draft. Yeah. I think you're going to have a lot of guys, if they get in the right system can be super productive, but you don't see a lot of guys when you're looking down the potential first round picks that, you just immediately pencil it in and say, yep, he's going to get a gold jacket someday. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. You can lock him in at left tackle for 10 years or or right defensive end or at a corner or any of those guys where they're just dominant. I think Anderson's a little undersized for me. He's only six foot three, 253, but he's incredibly strong, and he's, he's moved in 300 pounders just with his upper body strength and comes from, I mean, let's be honest, he's been coached by Nick Saban and his, his staff He's played in an NFL-style system, and he's played well there. Yes, he's played with a lot of good guys against the SEC is not all Alabama's and Georgia's, so when you're going against a Vanderbilt or a Kentucky, you're not going against guys that are going to be uh, top three picks in the draft. So, yeah, I, but I think I just keep coming back to Ryan's as a defensive guy, and I think here it was – If I'm shocked that the pick went in so quickly. I thought they would entertain some trade offers because if I'm – Indiana, I'm sitting there just hoping that the quarterback that I fell in love with falls to me. And right now, four of them are still on the on the board. And we got. Yeah, the- I think. Oh, here we go. Goodell back at the podium, and I, I don't have the volume up on my TV, but I sure you got booed again. And it is CJ Stroud. So that was a smokescreen. Yep. So I think. I think if they got blown away, they were they would have traded back. I mm-hmm. don't think they got an offer that they liked. Um, but C.J. Stroud, very good arm, um, showed in against Georgia by the top defense the college football scene in a long time. It was even better after losing how many starters of the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. And Stroud was able to extend plays and beat him with his feet and 
keep plays happening. And if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get taken out of that game with a concussion, there's a chance that Ohio State's playing in the BCS, yes. uh, not BCS, the college football playoff championship game mm-hmm. against TCU rather than Georgia because Georgia had no answer for Stroud to Marvin Harrison Jr. at all. And as you mentioned, Jigba, uh, uh, the receiver, Ohio State receiver will probably likely be the route they go to give him some help right away at the receiver position. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And if the Packers had targeted him, they're they picking at 12. Up. They're one pick ahead of of where uh, Green Bay is going to be selecting in this draft. So they may have to move up to get Jackson Smith, Najigba. And that'll be interesting to see who's willing to trade with him, whether it's the Bears at number nine, Philadelphia at 10, Atlanta at eight. I think it's just a matter of you got to wait a few minutes here. I don't see the Colts going wide receiver. Colts Arizona. Quarterback. Yeah, Colts have got to go quarterback. I don't think Arizona makes their pick here at number three. I think they've got too many holes and too many spots they need to fill. They're not a contender. They're in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. And with Murray out, the one special player you had, I'm not sure that Hopkins is going to be there for the start of the season. They're, get, Hopkins is probably going to get traded tonight. Yeah, good chance of that. And we had nine trades last year in the first round, and we had uh, 20-something overall. So you got a chance of that. Uh, 37 draft day trades last year in the draft and nine of them here in the first round. So we may see more tonight, but I don't see Arizona making this pick. Um, you, you just got to think at some point they got to stockpile more things and they don't need a quarterback. Yeah. According so to if, their assessments. If they do take, if they do make this pick, this is where you're going to likely see, see Will Anderson drafted. Carolina needs pass rushers. JJ Watts retired. Um, they had a lot of injury up front. Uh, their safety, Buda Baker, wants to be traded. They're not going to take a safety at number three. I'm just going through what the Cardinals need. Mm-hmm. They could use some safeties. They could use cornerback, and Gonzalez from Oregon is a very good corner, which they could trade back to get um, for a court team that wants a quarterback right here, jump ahead of the Colts, or maybe the Colts decide to jump up because they think a team's going to jump ahead of them. Could use offensive line help. Uh, use wide receiver help. So there's a lot of needs the Cardinals have right now, and trading back would definitely be beneficial to them as you can accumulate a lot of picks and find a Meyer, uh, um, uh, Meyer from Clemson later in the draft or Van Nice from Iowa, going by his nickname's Hercules. You can get him later in the draft for pass rusher. There's options later in the dra- draft than picking here at number three if they want to go mm-hmm. defense to help that pass rush. Yeah, and as you said earlier, this is a draft where it's it's kind of a, a very similar talent it, from from this pick all the way down to the end of the draft. So it's a matter of fit and finding the right guys that you want. I got to think at some point Tennessee's got to be a player here at the number three pick for some off-the-field reasons. They're trying to get a new stadium. You're not going to get a new stadium with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry as your stars. Yeah. And Henry's as great a player as he's been, he, he's a running back. He's done in a couple of years. If you're going to try and get a, a new stadium built with some public funding there, you're going to have to get your fan base excited. A new quarterback that you could bring in, and, and you've got a couple of projects from this point. Levis has got some issues to work on. Anthony Richardson, one year as a starter at 20 years old, he could afford to sit on the bench for a season or two. And Hendon Hooker, who's a local kid in a sense that he went to Tennessee, and in Knoxville, he could sit for a year, 
although you, you don't necessarily want 25-year-olds to sit for too long, but he could rehab his injury, learn the NFL, and then come in and be your starter next year and get some folks excited. Something's got Adam Scheffler excited right now. I, I don't have the volume on, but he got looked on his face, and now he's pointing at the TV and the camera. So I wonder if a trade has come on. And uh, Miles Murphy is a guy from Clemson I was thinking of. And then you also have, like I said, Lucas Van Ness, who can be drafted later. Um, Keon White from Georgia Tech you can get later in the first round. Will McDonald you can get in the second round from Iowa State. So they have pass rushers out there. Mm-hmm. And there's corners out there too, which I think they yeah. could use. And the, and the difference between Gonzalez and and Witherspoon from Illinois, I don't know. Yeah. And I was just going if they trade back and not take Will Anderson. There's other okay. options out there at Edge they can try to reach out for. Okay, I have a tweet from Shefty coming in, and they're off the Carolina. The Arizona Cardinals have traded the number three overall pick to the Texans per sources. And okay. That is shocking. I wonder if they go Will Anderson here. That would make a lot of lot that's of sense. Showing on TV right now is Will Anderson. The Houston Texans could use defense. You talked about that. Uh, you know, a defensive head coach. They could use some help on the defensive side, and Arizona moves back. And I don't think you take an offensive lineman here. It's too early to take the uh, Ohio State receiver at this spot. And the pick is in. My guess is it's probably going to be Will Anderson uh, Jr. Um, they, my okay, guess now, is that's where I'm, it's going to be. I'll be interested to see what the trade is. I'm seeing a report that the Cardinals and the Titans were discussing a potential swap of first-round picks with Tennessee moving up from 11. Uh, per a league source, the Cardinals wanted to include DeAndre Hopkins in the transaction. Could he be headed back to the Texans where he started his career? Maybe. Looks like they want to unload him, and if they're trying to they load that, that big salary, it is. Book. Yep, get it off the book. You're rebuilding team, free up space to bring in the guys you want. And uh, now Hopkins does have a no trade clause in his deal, but it was reportedly wiped out by his uh, PED suspension last year. Yeah, and so. then Houston's a better spot now. You don't have Bill O'Brien as the general manager anymore, and I still say Bill O'Brien, the general manager, got Bill O'Brien, the head coach, fired. <laughs> O'Brien's record is not bad, and and you look there were as a lot a head of head coach. No, but as, as a general head coach. manager, he was awful. Well, and, and that organization is from the top has just been a, a bit of a mess, and the whole Jack Easterly situation was just bizarre to say the least. Putting him in charge of football operations when he was uh, basically a team chaplain before is just an, an yeah. interesting uh, choice in organizational development. So it looks like the Texans pick is in. So they must have that must have been why they turned. Yep, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> and you have the sound effects on and you're not in the same room. It's hard to, you know, for those watching or listening later, it's hard to, you know, get the timing down on those things. So I do apologize for that. All right, the commissioner's walking out. We'll see where the Texans go. This is going to be an exciting draft for them. So, and my cheat sheet I have in front of me Um I get a lot of my information from here. It's from The Athletic. It's called The Beast, and it's probably one of the best draft guides I've ever seen. Um, I do a lot of my own research, and I have it in front of me on my computer. But I also use that as well just to kind of help me a little bit too because, like I said, The Athletic, great platform. Get a lot of great articles there. 
And their draft guy, like I said, is unbelievable. And it is Will Anderson, 6'3", 253. Mentioned his size is a little pro- a little bit uh, lean-framed is what mm-hmm. the athletic said about him. Lacks, lacks ideal body mass. But explosive first step with uh, closing burst, uh, bendy, flexible frame to attack from a low position and strike blockers from different angles. Um, my concern with him is when the tackle from Tennessee got his hands on him, he ultimately just quit. Mm-hmm. That's my concern about him. Yeah, this will be interesting. Two Alabama players selected in the top three here. Anderson, for me, is just I don't project him as a defensive end in a traditional sense. I think he's going to be a – if he is, he's going to be played in a wide nine technique. Uh, he's more of an outside linebacker size at 6'3", he'll, he'll, he'll be a, your usual edge uh, – Outside linebacker, pretty mm-hmm. much. That's what you're going to get with him. Yeah, he'll be watching some tape of uh, Bosa from San Francisco quite a bit, I got to think, getting yeah. ready for this season because he's going to play in a, a very similar defense to that, I would think. And now we've got uh, we've got Indiana, Indianapolis on the clock here. Which would likely be either Richardson or um, Levis from Kentucky, Kentucky, more than likely. I got to so, think it's got to be Levis here. Yeah. So while we wait for the next pick to come in, for those watching the stream, the shirt that I do have on, uh, if you're interested in that or um, anything else, the tickler at the bottom, that's where you go uh, find him on Twitter. That's where you can find this shirt. And I should have added the uh, the website as well, but that's where this shirt came from. Uh, it's Rashawn Gary, um, Practice Safe Sacks. And the creator of that, Dakota, who also did my logo, that you see in the top corner um, of the screen and in the background a little bit. He did that logo as well. Does great work, graphic designer. Um, big, Very thankful to him for helping me bring out the logo that I want, uh, kind of get an old bar sign vibe from it, uh, alcohol signs that you see, those neon signs. And like I said, he has shirts, he has hats, he has hoodies, he has you name it. If you go to find that on Twitter, I'll pull, put the website up in a second on the tickler and uh, definitely somebody you want to check out if you need, uh, if you want some shirt. So why do that? Uh, I'll just throw it to you. Which quarterback do you think the Colts go? I know you mentioned Levis. Why do you think him? I, I think Levis just fits their size criteria. And you've got, I think Richardson has some potential, but there's a lot of red flags. He reminds me a lot. Whenever I think of one-season starters, I think of guys like Mitch Trubisky or going way back, Akili Smith, who was the third overall pick in a year where quarterbacks went one, one, two, and three uh, in 99. Um, We have a situation here that we could rival the 2018 draft. We had four quarterbacks go in the top 10 that year. Uh, You had Mayfield at one. You had Darnold at three. You had Allen at seven and Rosen at, at 10, and that has mixed results. Three of those quarterbacks are no longer with their original team five years later. Sam and then Howard, you had Sam Lamar Jackson who, who signed today uh, at 32. He was picked. So it, it's in it. And by the way, Lamar Jackson now is back with Baltimore. So that changes their draft strategy. I got to think where a guy like Richardson may have very well been in play for them. Now he's back in signed to a 180 plus million dollar guaranteed contract uh, through 2027. I think 230 overall is what the number is, but we'll we'll get that, I'm sure, in the next couple of days. But Indianapolis will be on their, what is it, sixth year in a row with a new starting quarterback? Yeah, since Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck retired. So Andrew Luck came back, when, I think, most of preseason. 
um, or training camp. I think it was after the first preseason game he decided to retire or second. Mm-hmm. Then you had Jacoby Brissett. Then you had Philip Rivers. Then you had Carson Carson Wentz. And you had Matt Ryan. You also have a lot of other spot starters thrown in there, mm-hmm. which is how ineffective Matt Ryan and Carson Carson Wentz were. I if I was Indianapolis personally, what I would have done is I would have went and made an offer for Lamar Jackson. Um, you are a team that's ready to compete for a championship now with who you have on that team. Do you really want to d- wait for a quarterback to develop? And you saw what the offense, the head coach who used to be the offensive coordinator in uh, Philadelphia, you saw what he did with Jalen Hurts. I think <laughs> he would have even more success with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So I think it's Rich- I think it's Levis too, um, but I would mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they went Richardson just for what Jalen Hurts could be in Philadelphia. Yeah, and that means you're going to sit him for a year or two and let him develop and grow. He's, he's still a very young man. I, I, I disagree with you on Lamar Jackson. I, I think there's a big difference between him and Jalen Hurts. One is I think Lamar Jackson's physically done. I think he's getting into that RG3 territory. He hasn't played a complete season in years. He takes too many shots. And I don't see, I, I don't understand signing him through 2027. I, I think the guy's got two or three years left and he's good, just going to flat out be done. And he hasn't played well at the end of the season and he's played horrifically in the playoffs. Yeah. And at some point, y- you're going to get judged as a quarterback, fairly or unfairly, you're going to get judged on your postseason record. And well, I don't know if he's one of those guys that just never wins a title. Um, ESPN was showing Anthony Richardson, so I wouldn't be like that's. I think they're gonna, you know, Richardson. Wow, they're gonna go. Yep, they went with Richardson. Yeah, ESPN was kind of tipping the hat a little bit there by going into the uh, well, they call it the green room, but it's actually the Grand Central Station in Kansas City is mm-hmm. where they're kind of hosting them. And then they walk through the way they were kind of zooming in on, on him and showing him, kind of tipped their hat a little bit. There was gonna be mm-hmm. him, so. I don't think Richardson, as you mentioned, is a year one starter. I think they're going to have to have a spot starter there. Um, I be- I'm trying to think who they have, uh, um, who they brought in. I think they did they bring in um, Minshew. I want to say Minshew's there, and so is Nick Foles. Yeah, which, you know, let's be honest. There are not a whole lot of quarterbacks in the league that have Super Bowl rings as a winning quarterback, and Nick Foles mm-hmm. has it, and he kind of always gets forgotten about. I thought last year for sure when Wentz uh, started stumbling that or when Ryan started stumbling and Wentz the year before that they would have just stuck Nick Foles in and ridden him. I mean, he, he did yeah. well in Philadelphia. Nick, Nick Foles is one of those though. It can never do well for a, star, a lengthy period of time. He got lightning in a bottle in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and he's got a big arm, but it is something about it that he just never, never sticks around in one spot and Seattle on the clock. Now the question is, I know they have their quarterback now in Geno Smith, but he's not really a long-term situation in Seattle. You also need help up on defense on your defensive front. So Carter definitely in play here, Jalen Carter from uh, from Georgia. But do they go Will Levis here and do a defensive player later to get a quarterback that can sit behind? And Levis probably could definitely use some uh, – sitting behind a guy for a year or two 
and that'll be a great situation for him and Seattle if that's the route Seattle wants to go. Uh, I, I don't know if Pete Carroll at 70 years old wants to wait. I, I got to, I just, Geno Smith is, is probably good enough when you start looking at it as well as he played last year, he might be a top 15 quarterback in this league right now. But you have two first round picks. That's why I'm you thinking do. Seattle you might do. go quarterback here. Cause you can get a guy that can help you right now in about four, like what, six picks from here, seven picks. Mm-hmm. Like that. Uh, Seattle's second pick is in the 20s. Oh, 20, that's right. Bear with me. Yeah, they are at uh, they're at fifth, 5 and 20 exactly. That's so, right. I had in my head that they're drafting earlier because all the mock drafts have Seattle jumping up from that, that well, 20th pick. So Then the question becomes now, does somebody fall? Does somebody, this Levis or Hendon Hooker, do they start to fall? And we see somebody just kind of just end up at the bottom of the, the first round. Does Levis have enough warts on him that that nobody is quarterback needy enough to take him? And you start looking through it. I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe Levis is in play with as a backup for Garoppolo, who has that same problem of, of getting hurt a lot. But he's a big Tom Brady-esque style quarterback. Uh, Hendon Hooker, I think, is going to be available. I, I think those th- that those are the guys that. In the, if you're looking at 20, that's where I think Seattle may take it. But I think Jalen Carter is physically on the field. Man, he's something else. Is he a head case? Probably. Is he a motivational issue? Yeah, but Pete Carroll has done well. He's he's always been a guy that's built coaching staffs that coach people up, going back to his days at SC. And I think he gets through to a young man like that and creates it. And, and Seattle is such a young team now that Geno Smith is – you put the money on him, and I know they can out after one year, but he's kind of the veteran leader you need for a young team. Yeah, and with uh, Carroll, he does not mind taking chances on guys that can be a bit of a head case because when he got a Sean Lynch, the take on him was he was a head case, and uh, Lynch had a very solid career in uh, very solid career in, uh, in uh, Seattle, and he probably should have won another Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but they decided to throw the ball instead of giving the ball to Lynch, and they lost to the Patriots. So you, Carter, 6'3", 314, um, 22 years old, played at Georgia. Some off-the-field concerns as he was racing with mm-hmm. the other player that was killed in a, a car crash, which also killed a member of the staff, uh, recruiting staff for Georgia. Um, good play strength, inconsistent anchor, and he's a guy that had some injury issues this past year too. His legs, and when you're a guy mm-hmm. of his size, and, you know I'm a bigger guy too. Those leg injuries can take a while to heal when they need when uh, when you have them. So yeah, looks like that was about to come to the podium. He didn't test well at the combine. He didn't do great. Or his pro day. <laughs> he, uh, he didn't do well at his uh, pro day either, but. Man, you look at his tape, and he just dominated. And if Pete thinks he can get in his head, then I, who far be it from us to, to second guess that. I think he's got the ability to be a dominant player. And you're picking at five. You'd like to get somebody that that's perfect. There aren't any perfects in this draft. I think no. he's the guy that Pete Carroll goes for and and really puts it on. And and one of the, one of the uh, pre-draft analysts was talking about it. One of Jalen Carter's problems may have been that the minute he stepped on, and this is hard to imagine, when he stepped on Georgia's campus, he was the best player on the team. He was the best guy on a defense that had three first-round draft picks last year in the NFL draft. He's been a great player. Now he's going to go up against fellows that are a few years older, and he will no longer be the best player on the field. 
he will no longer be the best lineman possibly on his team. And, and to adjust to that, I think it gets into the mental thing. I'm sure Seattle's done a ton of research. His off-the-field stuff is concerning, to say the least. So if they can get somebody that they think they can motivate, if not, then I think it's a corner. I think it's either Gonzalez or it's going to be uh, the kid from Illinois, Witherspoon. Yeah, and the um, the way the, the length Seattle's taken is making me guess they're fielding phone calls for this pick. Because they've been uh, on the clock. They're getting to a minute left. I want to say it's 10 minutes in round one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, 10 and minutes. We are now at under a minute left. And pick is not showing to be in. Well, now it's showing that the pick is in. But I wonder if it ends up being a trade. Or they were just fielding some uh, some last-minute calls. John Schneider, the general manager, him and Pete Carroll do a lot mm-hmm. of good work together. Mm-hmm. A lot of wheeling and dealing there. Yeah. yeah, if there's somebody that I've identified and a, and a team that loves Levis, then this would be a spot to trade up too because you got to think the Raiders have are going to have some interest. Uh, Detroit might have some interest at number six, and they're up with the next two picks, so maybe it's a uh, not necessarily a blockbuster deal to move up, but maybe Las Vegas wants to jump the Lions and and bet on uh, Will Levis as a backup for uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo and. Right now on their roster, all they have is the uh, the ever-aging Brian Hoyer, who did not play well in relief last year of Mac Jones in his one uh, session of game action and got injured and opened the door for the, the kid from from Western Kentucky. Uh, and then they've got Chase Garbers, who's basically a practice squad kind of guy on their roster. So Las Vegas is probably in the market for a backup quarterback, whether they get one in the draft and, and use it as a developmental quarterback, or if they go after and they just get a veteran that can back up Garoppolo, because you got to figure, given his uh, track record, that uh, he's not going to play all 17 starts. No. So, going to have to wait till ESPN comes back from commercial before we get the pick is in. So, the most of these picks, are, I think, are already probably in per se, but mm-hmm. TV wants to add... Uh, drama and excitement and whatnot to it so that's kind of why we have to wait till the commercial break is done and then the analyst and all that other the uh stuff that they do well so, they made an event out of it and i had the yeah. the good fortune to attend the the one they did here in chicago and they've really done a nice job of taking it on the road and taking it out of new york city and and uh getting it across the country and what an experience from what i understand they are expecting record crowds here in kansas city yeah, it was huge in uh, Nashville. It was huge in Vegas. Chicago had a big crowd. Philly had a huge crowd. And the crowd in uh, Kansas City, right by the Grand Central Station uh, area of Kansas City downtown, they look like that's a pretty big crowd they have there. And Seattle. They went corner. Yeah, Devin, Devin Woodward. Yeah, he is. I'm a little surprised he's a little undersized. I thought they might like Gonzalez more. He's only 180 pounds, but he is, a, for his size, a ferocious tackler. And and that fits what Pete Carroll likes in his corners. He, usually they're a little bit longer and not necessarily as fast as Witherspoon is, although the game is changing from the Legion of Boom days. But uh, But he's been a remarkable young man who's kind of flown under the radar, given that he's played for Illinois and they're not on TV a lot. But no. He's almost six feet tall. He's five eleven and a half. Weighs in about one hundred and eighty pounds, and he is uh, he is a, a heck of an outstanding boundary corner. 
Yeah, as you mentioned, great outstanding boundary corner, not afraid to stick his nose in and tackle. He reminds me a little bit of Jair Alexander, to be perfectly honest, with his playing style. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before the shoulder injury, some of the highlights he's showing on ESPN, those are things that Alexander wouldn't be afraid to do. So I think Seattle gets a solid football player. They have another pick of 20. Maybe they go offense there. Maybe they go defense again. Offensive line could use some help. But they're definitely getting a corner with some pretty good ball skills that – should end up helping out right away, as as you mentioned, they try to create that, uh, recreate that Legion of Boom situation, where they used to have Richard Sherman and uh, and company smaller than, yeah, smaller than what they had, but they're trying to improve that back end of that defense to get that defense back to being a feared unit rather than just a unit people think they can just throw all over. Mm-hmm. Now it's interesting. You've got the Raiders at seven. Possibility that they like Levis, although he's not as accurate as a Josh McDaniel quarterback. And they could use a quarterback. They they swear they're in on Desmond Ritter. I don't believe it. I don't buy that either. You know, and then you've got a you've got a bit of a free fall. The Bears are not interested in the quarterback. Philadelphia's at 10. They've got to be smacking their lips with the uh, pick that they acquired from New Orleans. And then the Titans are at eleven. The Titans might just be holding. They they've got two quarterbacks on the board that they could very well be interested in. And I got to think if I'm the uh, Packers and I want Jackson Smith and Dobo that I'm thinking about trading up because Houston is, well, I guess Houston's gone now at 12. I yeah, got to assume that their pick was traded. Yeah, Nick Ball can definitely fall to Green Bay now with Houston out of the way. The Bears are a team to look out for potentially taking him. They could use some help at wide receiver, rebuild that offense, give uh, um, Justin Fields some uh, some weapons. Uh to try to improve that passing game a little bit. The line can go a number of different ways. The defensive line could use some upgrades. Corner, Gonzalez is an option here. Uh, You have uh, uh, Jared Goff, your quarterback, had a career year. I guarantee you uh, Goff does not repeat the performance he just had this past year. That was an anomaly for him. That was an outlier season. He's not going to have that season ever again. So if you're Detroit, do you? Uh, I think you have one or two years left of golf, and then so do you take a Levis and sit him for a year or two behind golf, and then you let golf go when his contract's up, and you get three years of four. I should say three to four years of rookie contract with Levis while you figure out if he's your guy. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the notes on the Texans trade to go move up to number three. They gave up quite a bit. They gave up the number twelve they got from Cleveland with the Deshaun Watson trade and a 2024 first-rounder. Uh, they have their own pick and Cleveland's from that same trade. Uh, those also gave up the 33rd overall pick this year. So they gave up one right at the top of the second round and a 2024 third-rounder. Uh, Cardinals also sent the 105th pick in this draft to Houston. So really, totaling it up, you gave up a second, a first, and a first to get uh, up to that. So that's three starters for Will Anderson, you got to think. Yeah, and you you gave up a lot, but at the same time, they have the majority of the Cleveland Browns draft picks too for the next, what, three years? Mm-hmm. So they have the draft capital to do it. Typically, I wouldn't advise giving up that many draft picks to acquire a, a, acquire a guy, um, especially in this year's draft. But if you have the draft capital to pull it off because you have – like I said, all of the uh, uh, Browns picks for the most part the next several years might as well. If he's a guy you like, go up and get him and assure yourself that you you get him before anybody else. Because I don't think 
Anderson would have made it past Seattle. I think that nope. probably would have been the pick if um if, oh yeah. If, yeah, he uh, would have he would have played the elephant position for Pete Carroll and yeah. Yeah. I he should would've... say if Arizona didn't take him, mm-hmm. um, yeah. he probably would have been taken by Seattle. Yeah, definitely there. It's just it's interesting. I you look at some of these trades up for Carolina traded up a lot. I mean, there's a lot that they traded up with the Bears that they gave up. And you look back to San Francisco just a few years ago, it gives you pause when you look at the fact that Trey Lance could end up being third string this year for him. And he may just never develop. And that's the part that scares me about an Anthony Richardson. It's a it's a good comparison. I know Trey Lance was coming up in level of competition. He wasn't playing in the SEC. He was a one, what we used to call a one double A guy, the football championship subdivision. But uh boy, you you give up those multiple first round draft picks. Three first round picks could have helped San Francisco out a lot. And they're one of the teams in this year's draft that'll be sitting idle tonight unless they trade back into the first round here, along with Denver for Sean Payton, Miami for their tampering issues, Cleveland and the Watson trade that we just talked about. And then the the Rams, when they were in the F them picks mode that are, may come back to haunt them since they don't pick till yeah. the sixties tonight. Yeah. Cause this pick right here is actually from the Rams. Oh, trade the Lions are trading their pick. So uh, the- Lions traded to the Cardinals, the Cardinals moving back up. So they traded back, got a ton from the uh, from the Texans, as you talked about. Now they're mm-hmm. moving up to the number six pick. So obviously somebody that they want to jump ahead of um, some teams and grab. This might be Jalen Carter, this jumping ahead of Seattle. No, they're behind Seattle. Seattle yeah. picked a corner, so now you got Jalen Carter. Maybe he fell, and they liked him a lot, and they're now they're afraid that the Raiders may take him at seven and jumped back up here with the Lions to pick up something else. Well, we have two trades now in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they gave up a second round pick, 34th overall. Yeah, they gave so up. Not, not huge. Yeah, so they get the 12th pick and the 34th pick. So not bad. They, they move back six spots, and whoever the Lions are looking at, and maybe Witherspoon or Anderson is who the Lions wanted at that pick if they were there at mm-hmm. six. They're not in, so let's move back and reset our board and see if the guy we want's on our board then. And yeah. that's it. That's it. Uh, you saw Ted Thompson do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he traded out of the first round uh, when the year they drafted Jordy Nelson when the Packers pick came up in the first round. Really wasn't anybody there that they felt had a first round grade, so they traded back, drafted Jordy Nelson, and the rest, as they say, is history with him. Aaron Rodgers was a top player on his board in 2005. Um, took him. Uh, they didn't have a first-round grade, apparently, on T.J. Watt, so they traded back, took Kevin King. So Packers used to – Ted Thompson used to do that a lot. And the Cardinals are selecting – drum roll. That's a sound effect I forgot. Paris Johnson Jr., tackle from Ohio State. Um, Raiders could use a tackle. Atlanta could use a tackle. Uh, yep. A few teams ahead of them that could use offensive line help, and I did mention offensive line was a position that the Cardinals could have uh, could have improve on. And Paris Johnson, he's a, I'm a big fan of him. He uh, good feet for the position, good size, long arms, good athlete, and he's a guy that can definitely man that left tackle position for the next ten to fifteen years. I'm a l- little surprised with this pick by Arizona because I think it's a really good pick. He's a 
He's a versatile offensive lineman. He's played right guard. He's played left tackle. He's got the the arms that you mentioned. He he's a stud, and and from all accounts, also a very nice young man who has his head screwed on and is concerned about uh, himself and how he's perceived and his future and his community. He looks like an upstanding citizen, yeah. and this is a really good player for them to get because you you got a tiny little quarterback that you need to protect. And this guy could, as you said, lock in, leave him there for 10 years and start getting it fitted for a gold jacket sometime in the future. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, he's definitely that talent. And, and so far, and it's gonna, like, for the people watching, listening, it's going to sound like I like every single pick. I'm going to pull the John Gruden here and just like everybody, but there hasn't been any picks that. So I, I didn't, I didn't love the Withers, uh, Witherspoon pick. I thought it was a solid pick, but I didn't love it. I guess as an example, um, but there's not really any picks that I, I hate per se. I'm no. not a big Richardson fan, but him being, him being drafted by the Colts made sense. I probably would have went Levis in that situation, but it made sense. Um, then you have the. Houston taking Anderson, that made sense for them, although I'm not a big Anderson guy. Um, the Cardinals traded back. The Texans taking Stroud. Houston taking uh, Young. I, I don't hate any of the picks thus far. So I'm sure there's going to be a pick that makes me say, what the heck, pretty soon. Well, and but you so say I don't that hate the, any. The Raiders are on the clock, so this could be the part where you scratch yeah. your head with their picks. Although I think – with uh, McDaniel's and Ziegler there now, you, you've got some guys that uh, have a clear vision of what they want. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Richardson. <laughs> the only problem I have with him is, I, I just you got to wait. He's twenty years old. He can't buy a beer legally. Yeah. You're going to wait a little bit for him to develop. And make, he's a boomer bust. He could be a Hall of Famer. He could also be a guy that's out of the league in three years. Yeah, the concern I have with Richardson is he's going to be kind of like a Cam Newton. Uh, that he may have a stretch where he's playing outstanding quarterback, not necessarily MVP level, but the, his playing style is going to eventually wear him down, where his body's going to break down. And, you know, because the thing that stopped Cam Newton from being an all pro quarterback is his body broke down. Mm-hmm. That was, well, and, and, that and was Steve Young thing. famously said it you don't see a lot of old running quarterbacks. No. And I know he ran for over six yards of carry in college and he did well with that. But, but yeah, that's got to just take a toll and a beating. And I think. To me, Indianapolis needed to get somebody that can come in there and can be your fr- true franchise quarterback. You had the fourth pick in the draft. Unfortunately, you had it in a year where you just every quarterback that's going to go in the first round has some some question marks and some and some things that don't make you super comfortable. Uh, I'm a little surprised they didn't go heavily after some of the quarterbacks that were on the market. That uh, Derek Carr made a lot of sense there with his playing style and the fact that he's going to. He's going to live and he's going to last and he's going to not take the shots uh, that you want to. But it's it's interesting. The first offensive tackle went off before the first receiver. This is uh, a little this bit different. Good, this isn't a good receiver draft, though. There's like three nope. guys uh, that could go first round. The receiver from TCU, Johnson, uh, mm-hmm. Ohio State receiver. Um, then you have the USC receiver. Uh, name escapes me right now. Um, he used to play for Pitt. He's another guy that could potentially go in the first round. Uh, Flowers, if somebody overlooks his five foot nine height, um, Ooh, he's, he's explosive. But but again, yeah, a, very explosive. A size guy again, a, another size problem, fella. Addison is what I was talking about. Jordan uh, mm-hmm. 
Addison. He's a guy that could potentially go in the first round. So the past few years has been very wide receiver rich drafts. Mm-hmm. This year, not so much. There's not a lot of first round talent. There's a there's a number of third, fourth, fifth round guys, but overall, there's just not a lot of you know first round talent at that position. And the Raiders starting to take a lot of time. So you wonder if they're talking to anybody about a trade. Um, maybe Green Bay, who might want to jump up and get their guy with the Bears right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have some concern the Bears are going to take who they want. Bat Packers could use help at tight end. They could use help uh, on the at safety position, although there's not a first-round safety in this year's draft, in my opinion. They could use help at the edge position with a shot with shot, uh, Rashawn Gary coming off the torn ACL. They mm-hmm. could use some offensive line depth because Bakhtiari, um, although I think he's pretty much – they figured out a schedule for him with that knee – you just never know with his knee the way it is. Um, yeah. He's only going to be in Green Bay likely for one more year with the way his contract is now. There's no way they're going to keep him with his cap hit for next year. So No, this is it. And and this may just be a retirement tour for him. Yeah. If he can – truthfully, if he can make it out of training camp, I don't know if he's, uh, if he's that healthy. Yeah, well, before the appendix, it looked like they finally had – a good plan in place for him. He wasn't leaving games as frequently, if at all, anymore because of the knee. But, again, you just never know with how bad that operation went. And I think he should sue whoever did the operation because you don't see that with torn ACLs anymore. They shouldn't, not saying they're not serious knee injuries, but they, they've turned into very routine, common surgeries especially among athletes, and his kept him out for a very long time, and he's still not 100% from it. So I don't know what went wrong, what, what kind of procedure they did, because there's a couple I'm – not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to go into the procedures, but there's a couple different options they have to repair a torn ACL. I know one's a skin graft. So I don't know what one you use a, 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 a cadaver. Um, there's different things you can do, and if the cadaver doesn't um, – uh, doesn't connect or take, uh, take thank you, mm-hmm. then you're going to have issues. So I don't know what procedure they did, but I know they did end up doing a lot of procedures on that knee for Bakhtiari. But I don't even know if Oakland is trading. I just threw a team that might trade up because... Looks uh, like the pick might be in. It says the pick is in, but it doesn't mean a trade isn't done. It just usually the longer teams take, they usually... Um, fielding some last-minute phone calls to see if they do want to make a trade or not. But we'll see what the Oakland Raiders do as the camera is starting to pop, pee, uh, pan over the stage and going to zoom in. Uh, I don't know if it's the drone or one of those cameras they use on the field that zips across from one side to the other, whatever it is. Well, at least it looked like they're up oh, there's Goodell, the most unpopular commissioner of all the sports. Granted, Manfred is uh, quickly climbing up that category, too, with his popularity. So the Las Vegas Raiders, I still call them Oakland on occasion, the Las Vegas Raiders select Tyree Wilson, defensive end edge guy from Texas Tech. Everything I commented with uh, Will Anderson and his strengths is pretty much the same. Physical, Physical player, good athlete, strong, good first step off the ball. He's a guy that can be a difference maker on that field and be a, a field ter- uh, tilter. Raiders could use some defensive help. They're going to see if Tyree Wilson can be that guy. I know 
some injury concerns with him. But 6'5", 271, Rashawn Gary-type build coming out. And it'd be interesting to see if he can uh, take the talent that he showed in college and transition it to the pro level. Well, his his tuxedo certainly looks like it's ready for Las Vegas. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what this spells. Hey, Max Crosby, Mad Max has got to be super happy because you put this guy on the opposite side and you've got a one-two punch there that can really get after chasing some of the, the outstanding quarterbacks they have in that division. Uh, but you've also got Chandler Jones, so you you got a little bit of a ch- time for the young man to develop, and you've got three now edge rushers who are all, it looks like, capable of putting up double-digit sacks. I mean, this 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 almost six-foot-six height on him and this huge wingspan, this, this Wilson's a player. And, and has played standing up and has played with his hand in the ground and is a little bit bigger. He's almost 20 pounds heavier than Will Anderson Jr. He's listed at 271 pounds. Boy, if he could learn – whoa, that is a tuxedo. If he can learn anything from uh, Max Crosby, who was the fourth-round draft pick for the Raiders, they could have a furious pass rush next year. Yeah. Like you mentioned uh, Chandler Jones as well, who's not getting any younger, but he can definitely learn from the, the veteran in Jones and – whatnot and become you know the player that they think he could be so good pick um I, you know obviously carter continues to fall levis continues to fall um atlanta's on the clock now do they go do they take levis because he's there or do they take a defensive player because atlanta is another team that has a lot of holes they could on the offensive line defensive line corner linebacker um, wide they could use another weapon alongside uh, the Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts. They could use another weapon on the offensive side. Bijan Robinson could be great in that offense. I've like heard some rumors that they were line. interested in Bijan, and he's he is the third rated player on uh, Mel Kiper's big board as best available still left up there. So it's entirely possible that he's that guy. I I got a feeling that we're going to see Jalen Carter tumble. Yeah, well, they're showing Carter now on ESPN, so my guess is it will be Jalen Carter. They quickly showed him with his phone. Right before he cut. Yeah, Yeah, right before they cut. So I think they're tipping their hand again and showing who the pick's going to be. Yeah, I remember years ago, and I was guessing, I was truly just guessing who I thought it was going to be. And I would tweet it out before they announced the pick just to say, hey, this is what I think they're going to do, and then they ended up being the pick. I had a follower on Twitter get mad at me. She thought I was you know, being a spoiler, like spoiling the picks, and she wanted to watch them coming on TV, and here I am uh, you know, picking, tipping the hat before it officially gets announced. And I'm like, I, I'm just guessing. I don't I don't have any inside information. Nobody's texting Ian you. Rappaport. I'm not Adam Scheffler. I'm just saying who I think they're going to take. And like I said, she got really mad at me and blocked me for a while. And then, yeah, it was just kind of like, take a chill pill. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, at least she holds you in high regard. She thinks you're, uh, you know, she you're uh, yeah. the late John Clayton or, or Shefty or Rappaport. Or... And that was around the time where um, people were tweeting out, which people still do tweet out the picks early, but it was very commonplace, which the NFL – has cut back. They've gotten people to cut back a lot on that. Um, and, and people are gambling on the picks now. I mean, there are odds. I think the over-under that I saw in quarterbacks in the first round was 4.5. So there's 
Vegas is taking action on just about anything, so I'm sure that factors into the NFL's decision to crack down on technology. Yeah, and I do want to say uh, we wait for the next pick to come in, and I'm, uh, you know, those that know me and know Emlyn, we uh, we do a lot of stuff with the Racine Raiders, and the Racine Raiders has a meat raffle at Angie Brothers uh, Pub and the Lane's Golf Bowling Alley in Racine, Wisconsin, on. Uh, Washington Avenue. So if you're in southeastern Wisconsin, hit up the hit up the meat raffle. There's a lot of great uh, raffle items and silent auction items and meat options and whatnot that are going to be there. And the Racine Raiders are a minor league football team in Racine, Wisconsin, 5013C, um, who, uh, you know, we're having, you know, this event to help raise some money for a lot of different uh Air, you know, a lot of different things. And, you know, we have a new league this year that we're in, uh, going to 70th season, uh, 40th year from the national championship team, going for our 10th national championship. It should be a fun time. I unfortunately can't go because uh, work obligations. But, you know, if you're watching this live or listening uh, before Saturday, you should definitely hit up the, the, uh, the Raiders meet raffle. Definitely should. Yeah, an exciting year for the Racine Raiders, and and what a great uh, fan experience for families in the uh, southeast Wisconsin area. Good football with a f- couple of former D1 athletes uh, taking the field for them. Yep, and the Raiders all got a lot of players. So used to be in the MSFL, Mid-State Football League, a lot of teams from that conference. The Raiders left the league, and then a bunch of teams from that conference ended up ceasing operations. Um and the Chicago Bird Gang, some of their players joined on with the Raiders. Probably one of the most talented teams that I've seen the Racine Raiders have in probably the last uh, probably 10, 10 years, I would say. Um, 2000, I would say 2012, 2013 was some very good, uh, very good teams for the Racine Raiders. And this team has the potential to be that good. All right, back to the uh, NFL here. I, I got to think this is good that they haven't traded the pick because I don't see them going tight end no. with uh, with Kyle Pitts on their roster, although not necessarily a true tight end. But this is good news if the Packers are targeting uh, one of the tight ends. They all remain on the board for them. And there's still a good offensive tackle out there right here from the Midwest and Peter Skaronsky from uh, Northwestern. Grandpa That's- played for Lombardi. Mm-hmm. So the Falcons are selecting. They like you keeping the pick because they're having the guest selector. Mm-hmm. Boy, he looks like he's about ready to uh, just exhale or pass out at the same time. Yeah, the the little brother looks kind of uh, petrified right there. He looks kind of nervous. NFL's done a great job of making this into a, both a TV event and a live event. You, you think about something that could be as boring as it is, and boy, they've turned it into a, a camera-worthy uh, experience. Oh, they lowered the camera. They panned away quick, and then either he stepped up on stuff or they lowered the camera. <laughs> and Alana selects. My guess is Jalen Carter. Bijan Robinson. Oh, Bijan. So my, my first guess was correct when I said Bijan before. So not surprised here. I, I, I don't. I'm in the don't take running backs in the first round category. Mm-hmm. Um, I think running backs have become such a a low value position 
you get very few years where they're highly productive and then then you move on to the next guy and every running back that's been highly paid uh hasn't really lived out the contract uh Zico Elliott in Dallas Christian McCaffrey in Carolina before he got traded to the 49ers um former Rams running back uh Todd Gurley didn't live up to his contract Aaron Jones I think has done a pretty good job living up to his, but overall running backs typically don't. It's a little high for me to take a running back. I would take a running back top 20 in the first round personally, but you know, if, if that's who you like, go after who you like. Well, I think B. John Robinson's a little unique and I agree with you hundred percent. I would never take a running back in the first round. Aaron Jones was a fifth rounder. Like you can find guys out there and with, with a 17 game season, you're not going to just line a guy up at tailback and give him the ball 30 times a game and have him last that long. Now, Bijan Robinson is good in pass protection. He can do pass pro. He can also catch the ball. So you're looking at a guy that's probably going to give you 1,500 yards next season. And they yeah. like that. They were playing uh, Cordell Patterson, a uh, converted wide receiver who failed with the uh, Vikings, has bounced around the league, and it's kind of become a running backs in addition to being a heck of a kick returner. But you, you get a guy like this, he's another Christian McCaffrey type that you'll probably get 1,500 yards out of a, an Alvin Kamara type that uh, maybe he can last a whole season and you can spare him and, and alternate him with, with uh, Cordell Patterson and end up with a guy that, that's super productive for you yeah. over the course of the season. The Eagles are now on the clock. They traded with the Bears to jump up to nine. Uh, Jalen Carter. That's who I'm guessing here. Pair him up with his old college teammate, then Davis, who they drafted last year. I think that's probably the route they're going to go. The Eagles don't need a lot. They I, they have a very good and talented and deep roster, but they could use a corner, um, with, and that's where you maybe look at Gonzalez, or they could take another defensive lineman and get a guy that can get after the quarterback. So Gonzalez yeah, or Carter is going to be here. Yeah, this is definitely – uh, a case where their their pick is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. They lost their defensive coordinator, Gannon, who's now the head coach in Arizona. They've had a bunch of losses there. And it's, yeah, it's going to be probably on the first or second level of the defense. Carter at, at uh, the defensive tackle position, going into a locker room where you've won a Super Bowl, you've been to a Super Bowl recently, you, you've got some, some leaders on that team where uh, a Fletcher Cox is going to keep the youngster in line and maybe teach him how to be a pro and how to give effort over the course of a 17-game season in the playoffs, or they go corner because they've had some losses in the defensive backfield. I don't see it being a linebacker form here, but it's definitely got to be defense. And I don't see it being an offensive lineman. I don't see it being a receiver. They've invested a lot in that position recently. Um, running back, the only first-round pick at running back is gone if you were going to take a running back in the first round and be John. I think they go Carter or Gonzalez, and the pick yeah. is in, so we'll see how long it takes for the commissioner to walk on up to the podium and get booed and uh, make the pick and see who it is. And, and Philadelphia does have another first-round draft pick at the end of the round in uh, number 30 overall, so yeah, that may influence some of their thinking here, what's going to fall to them. Yep, and uh, I don't know if that's Goodell. No, there's somebody walking in the background, so. But the the uh, ESPN panel, other than Mel Kuyper Jr., has changed quite a bit from when I remember first watching the draft. You have Kuyper, 
you have Greeny, and then you have Lewis uh, Reddick, and I'm not sure who the other guy is off the top of my head. But it's definitely different. That's definitely changed. There's no more Kenny Mayne. There's no mm-hmm. more. Uh, there's no more. Uh, uh, used to do uh, the Sunday uh, post game show. ESPN used to do uh, Chris Berman. He doesn't do it mm-hmm. anymore. He uh, yeah. I think he still does some stuff with ESPN, but he doesn't do the draft anymore. No, and, and even guys like Shefty and and uh, Chris Mortensen and the late John Clayton is obviously yep. out, but but Mortensen with his health care, he's just not uh, capable of doing the grind. I think the way that uh, this draft carries out, and you, yeah. you know, it, at some level, that the day that come Monday morning, Mel Kiper will be putting together his big board for the twenty twenty four draft. Yeah. I think the guy has just lived with it and has has made it into something. At ESPN used to be strictly so the Bears got the 10th overall pick and a fourth round pick in 2024. So the Eagles jumped over the Bears because my guess is they're worried about somebody jumping ahead of them for who they wanted. But back to I was going to say ESPN, it used to just be the Mel Kuyper show. Mm-hmm. I don't think they like stepping on his toes. I I think they didn't want to, you know, this is Kuyper's thing. We don't want to have other people. But now you have Tom McShay. That seemed to be a little, eh, at first, between the two of them, some uh, not happiness between the two of them early on, but they seem to have gotten over that. But then a couple other guys, ESPN has hired recently to do the draft for them, who I love their content. One I had on my podcast um, about four or five years ago, right before the draft, Jordan Reed. Mm -hmm. And then Matt Miller, who used to work with Bleacher Report, Left Bleacher Report to do his own thing. Um, now he is with the ESPN as well. So they have a lot of good, talented draft people at ESPN. And Commissioner is at the podium for the Eagles pick. Now this is interesting. The Eagles moved up just one slot, yeah. so the Bears must have been getting calls from somebody else. So, yep, they wanted Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. So good pick for them. Uh, Add yeah. to the depth. uh I'm a believer when it comes to building a football team, and I know I'm not a GM, never will be, but games are won and lost in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Teams with the better offensive and defensive lines are the teams that are going to be more successful. Both teams that made the Super Bowl this year, yes, they had great talented quarterbacks, but Jalen Hurts had all day to throw the football, typically with his great offensive line. And the Eagles, I think, led the NFL in sacks this year. Got a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Carter's another guy that's going to get you a lot of pressure on the quarterback. If he, you know, obviously the legal stuff, once that gets worked out, um, I don't think there'll be any um, suspensions or anything because of that. Um, this I, is think a, this, that this, I think Carter can be a big help. This is a real good landing spot for him. It's a veteran roster. It's a good locker room. It's a bunch of guys that are true professionals, and he can go in there and uh, – learn how to play as a professional and learn how to put these, these challenges that he's had off the field. And, and I, it, as much as the, the incident with the, the alleged street racing uh, is troubling, but also his performance at the combine was not great. He was heavy when he came in there, his performance at the, uh, at the uh, pro day for Georgia was not spectacular. So he's got to learn how to work. He's got to, he's got to, learn to, to be a pro and, and to, to put it out there for 17 weeks of the regular season and then hopefully for the playoffs for Philadelphia because it's yep. week in and week out. And as you mentioned, he's got Fletcher Cox to kind of mentor him and 
help him along the way and help him develop to be the hopefully the model young man who uh you know they probably prefer him to be so great landing spot for him and now it's a matter of we see if this works out so the bears pick now so there was somebody that they liked that they that was not jalen carter so they moved back one and pick up a second rounder which is good for them kind of free money since uh philadelphia has an extra first round pick for them so they can uh wheel and deal in the second round so you've got is it gonzalez the the corner from uh i think it's garonsky oh the bears like garonsky a lot well he's from northwestern he's local northwestern is chicago's big 10 team they like to say the bears need a uh, right tackle bears need a lot yeah but offensive line wise they need a right tackle and he he'll he'll i know there's concerns about short arms but Hey, people are concerned about Brian Bulaga's short arms, and he had a pretty solid career mm-hmm. before the injury caught up to him in Green Bay. And then uh, I think the Chargers he went to after Green Bay. Uh, I, I guess his offensive line, they don't need a quarterback because they got fields. They don't need a running back. They could use some wide receiver help too still. But well, I they, don't they, they have DJ long. Moore and Clayton. They have Claypool and Moore, and yeah. I get that. But they could still use an inside receiver. Those are more outside guys. They could use mm-hmm. an inside guy. Uh, tight end, they're good at. Defensive line, they could use. But obviously, they didn't, meet, they didn't want Carter because they traded back one spot with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Knowing the Eagles are probably going to take him. But they could the, use defensive back help. So. It's the Titans and then Detroit and then Green Bay. Detroit and Green Bay. So Green Bay should theoretically have their pick if they want to go tight end of one of the top three guys at that spot. Yeah. They're going to have their pick least. in a lot of positions the way it's working out right now. Yeah, there's some good. Titans are probably going to take a quarterback. Detroit, I don't think they take a receiver as they ever. Well, granted, maybe they do because one receiver they released after he got suspended and their first round pick from last year is suspended indefinitely as well. This could be interesting. Does Tennessee take Hendon Hooker at 11? I He's a local. That would be a he, bad choice. Well, he's he's local, and you're trying to sell a stadium. Or if you don't have the quarterback and you haven't been able to trade up for one, does Vrabel go defense, or does he trade back at that point if there's something somebody loves? I think we're in that kind of a, a zone now where if there's somebody you really like, they're there to be had. And, and, and I think a lot of teams have a lot of different impressions on a lot of different players at this point. Yeah, I Hooker is not – Hooker is not a first-round prospect. He's not even a second-round prospect. Could he have an NFL career? Yes. But I wouldn't take him in the first two rounds of the draft. Um, he played in an offense that was wide open. Great, you know, He had great protection in front mm-hmm. of him. Not a lot of variations in the scheme. He didn't do a lot of processing and reading the defense. He just basically caught the ball and threw. There wasn't yep. a lot of design to it. And the fact that he's coming off a torn ACL, that adds to it. But yep. the reason, and the, the quarterback's position people overdraft on a lot. The Texans took, mm-hmm. not the Texans, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Titans took years ago the wide uh, the quarterback from Washington, uh, is it Jake Locker? Jake Locker. Was a yep. huge wasted pick, should have never went that early at all. But Christian Ponder also went in the first round that same year. Kind of gives you an idea of what that quarterback class was then. But if Tennessee does take a quarterback, they, they Levis is the best choice to take. There's no reason to reach on Hooker, who uh, 
he's not going to be ready to start year one. At least Levis can challenge Tannehill, or you, you might feel comfortable enough moving on from Tannehill early if Levis comes in and uh, seizes the job. But the Bears pick is in, and we'll see which direction the Bears go. I think offensive line. And you're absolutely correct. Quarterbacks get overdrafted nowadays. Everybody is in a rush to get that fifth year uh, locked in, which you get uh, somebody drafted in the first round. You get the option of the fifth year for the contract. Oh, Darnell Wright from – oh, never mind. Is it right? Yep, Darnell Wright. He's a right tackle from Tennessee. That's who I like for the Packers potentially taking the second. But he got drafted early. And he's a he's a big prototypical right tackle. He's a big he's a, big boy. He is a big lad. He dom- he dominated Will Anderson. Yes. Give you an idea how good he yeah. is. Yeah. He handled him and, and he played in the SCC, which yeah. yeah, granted, you've got the Vanderbilts out there, but he played in a uh, a wide open offense that throws the ball a lot, and he's got the prototypical size. He's almost uh six five and a half and he weighs over three thirty. And three thirty three according to ESPN. Yeah, and he's, he's a, a Oh, sorry. Oh, here he's against Anderson on on the four letter network. He's uh, he's able to handle him and and his quickness for maybe not elite for a left tackle, but certainly very good for a right tackle. Another potential first round pick from Clemson. He dominates him, and I know these are highlights, and you're going to show the best of the player. But I watched a couple games of his because um, mm-hmm. I originally watched because I wanted to watch Anderson, and I saw how well he did against Anderson. So I watched a couple games of his. And I was really impressed. He's a guy that if he gets his hands on you with his size and strength, you're not getting off of him. No, and and, and in their scheme, he's out on an island. He didn't have a lot of chipping from tight ends or backs. He was out there against speed rushers, and and he's a big strapping lad that can that can get after it. Yeah. That's a good pickup for the Bears. This has been a, a very sensible draft for everybody. I'm my biggest question marks for me, I know you don't think as highly of Witherspoon. I thought he was the top corner in the draft, and I think that works for Seattle. Richardson is the only one that stands out to me where you've got a potential bust situation. Everybody else looks pretty good. I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of Witherspoon. I just like Gonzalez better, and it's not that I dislike the pick. I, you know, It's just not one that you know blows me away. Like I think it was a smart choice, and – as I mentioned, I see some Jair Alexander in him, the way he attacks mm-hmm. the uh, the receiver and the, the ball carrier. I don't know. Like I said, I just preferred Gonzalez, but... I think I agree it's a little high for Witherspoon because yeah. I don't see that much difference between Witherspoon, Gonzalez, and uh, even Joey Porter from Penn State. I think he would be somebody that you could get top of the second round that could be end up being just as good a pick and... Uh, and certainly a physical player with his size and speed combination. Yeah, and Tennessee, let's look at what they need. Quarterback's a position they could definitely use some help on. Uh, Tannehill's not getting any better, I mean younger. Um, And Tannehill's never been, in my opinion, uh, anything rather special at all. Um, To me, he's always been just a guy. He had a couple strong seasons in in Tennessee after he refound himself, but... Health has been an issue for him lately. Um, so, yeah, health has been an issue with Tannehill lately. Could use some more wide receivers. Um, they traded away uh, A.J. Brown last year to the Eagles and drafted Burks from Arkansas, but they could definitely use mm-hmm. some more weapons there. Tight ends a position they could use some help with. 
defense. They could definitely use some help. Um, I hope it's not Njigba from Penn, uh, from Ohio State, which maybe it's better off if it is because I don't think the Packers are going to take him. That's my draft crush for the Packers this year, and I doubt they're actually going to take him. So maybe if he goes early, I'm not going to be mad in a couple of picks when the Packers don't take him. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. They've got a new offensive coordinator this year. They got rid of Todd Downing after his uh, off off the field issues and and really some not great on the field performance last year. He's he's been an, a lackluster coordinator twice in his career when he's inherited that job. But yeah. Tim Kelly, who used to be with the Houston Texans, is now their offensive coordinator. Uh, they brought in Charles London to be their pass coordinator, co- quarterback coaches. And uh, Justin Otten, a former uh, Packers coach who went to Denver uh, last year with Nathaniel Hackett, is now their uh, run game coordinator and running backs coach. So I, I think you might see in that division where you don't have a lot of great quarterbacks and emphasis on the running game, you may see an offensive tackle come off the board here for Tennessee. Not a position necessarily of extreme need, but they've got to they got to be able to run the ball. And they didn't do great with it when Derrick Henry was out of the lineup and he's got very few years left to maximize. Or you go defense because that's Frable's specialty. I actually don't think he has a lot really anything left to be honest. I think he he's not a so he's a guy that can probably get a lot in small bursts of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I think I his last couple of years, he's been in the lineup due to injuries. I think his body's starting to break down, and I think I think Tennessee not in the first round because of only first round value back. If he even it was one, is gone. I think second, third, fourth round. I think they have to take a running back to spell and eventually replace Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry's been involved in a lot of trade talks this uh, leading up to the draft as well. Yeah, he's his he, name thrown around a lot. He's. Got a couple of years left. He's just, that's it. I thought they picked somebody last year, if I'm not mistaken. They picked yeah. a running back. Ha- uh, yeah, they did. Hassan Haskins from Michigan was drafted in the fourth round last year. He's a big physical back that played really well at Michigan at the end of his career, his uh, junior and senior years. He was he was pretty special, and I think he has the potential, maybe not to be Derrick Henry, because few are, but certainly to be a dominant running back for uh, – for Tennessee and their system. So maybe it's somebody on the offensive line or, or maybe they go for a receiver. We'll see. Yeah. And, or maybe they, well, I don't think they would trade, but they've been waiting for a while with the pick being in. So. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation. They'd go up to three to get, to get a quarterback, but with the two coming off the board, I think that was predicated a lot on CJ Stroud dropping past yeah. Houston. So, like we mentioned, Levis is an option here. Defense is an option here. Offensive line is an option here. Which direction does the Titans decide to go is going to be the million-dollar question. And Goodell, I think, is going to be heading up to the podium. Looks like he's yeah. got the card. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool what they do with the camera there. With like I said, I don't know if it's a drone or on cable, but the way they just kind of follow it in, I don't think it's a steady cam. The way it's moving, mm-hmm. I don't think it's just them zooming in and out. <laughs> well, Mel Kiper has Levis the quarterback, and then Gonzalez the corners is top two on the board. Yeah, and they went offensive tackle. Oh, they're listing him Bradley. as a guard. 
Skaronsky from Northwestern. I think that's that's indicative of what their thought process is about building the team. And I think up front. Yeah, and you've you've got some good quarterbacks coming out next year. Yeah, you definitely do. You have uh, a guy from USC, more of an athlete. Yeah, more of an athlete than quarterback Mm -hmm. uh, right now at this point. Uh, Just there's a lot of you know potential quarterbacks out there that could. uh, North Carolina has a quarterback that could go early. Mm -hmm. Drake May, Uh, he could be. Quinn Evers, depending on how his season goes, could be available. And uh, yeah. and he would be a guy that might jump early, given that uh, Arch Manning is his, looking like his backup. Even Bo Nix from Oregon or Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, those guys could have been top five picks this year. Yeah, Bo Nix going back surprised me a little bit because I think he's going back for his fifth or sixth year. And one of the things you're seeing in this year's draft is a lot of fifth and sixth year players. And I know you see fifth year se- uh, seniors a lot. Uh, but anyways, with the fifth and sixth year guys, it's because of that COVID year. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys spent another extra year or two in college, and now they're that's what you're seeing with Hooker, mm-hmm. six year guy. Uh, I think Levis played his uh, COVID year this season. Detroit's pick is already in, so it's starting to speed up a little bit now. So that's it. Pace was a little slow early on, so that's a good thing. But Skaronsky probably better projected as a guard in college, I think. I mean, in the pros, I mean, he played left tackle extremely well at Northwestern. I think offensive coaches and head coaches overthink things sometimes with offensive mm-hmm. linemen. I think he can be a very fine right tackle in the NFL. So, But either way, they're getting a very fine football player with a high football pedigree with his uh, mm-hmm. uh, grandpa being a Lombardi, uh, former Lombardi Packer. And we got to assume that he's fairly smart given that he uh, was – Studying in Evanston with uh, Northwestern, this is not yeah. some uh, some slouch in the academic uh, arena as well. Yeah. I think one of the things too that's causing some of these fifth year seniors, the nil the nil money with name, image, and, and likeness is now you can stay in college and you can make some money. Yeah, and I'm not saying they're all going to be Livy Duns from LSU, the gymnast that's raking in millions, but there's money to be made so that the financial hardship and and the difference between a third round draft pick and a first round draft pick can be staggering for some of these fellows but they're they're able to stay in school now a little bit longer and make a few dollars and and possibly be uh compensated in some cases maybe better than they will be in the pros because there's no guarantee that they'll walk out and actually be what they think they're going to be lions are on the clock as i mentioned uh oh they take a running back Damir gibbs from alabama and there's a reason why the lions haven't won a championship since the 50s yeah yeah, definitely. It's not a, not a good pick for them. I, wide receiver became a position of need uh, mm-hmm. last week with suspensions that happened with their team. Running back, they they signed Montgomery from the Bears this offseason. Um, I don't think running back was really a position they needed to focus on, but I guess they want to get a you know smaller back to match up with Montgomery apparently. Well, and, and part of it with some of the players from Alabama, they produce some great players. Nick Saban does a wonderful job, and there's a lot of competition. But there have been a number of Alabama players that come out that are a little dinged up, and they've been through a lot, a grind on their bodies to where they come out. They're a little bit of damaged goods. Running backs from Alabama, Josh Jacobs was a good pickup for the Raiders, but they also had a running back draft in the third round that year 
uh, I believe New England did in Najee Harris that has played almost as well as Jacobs, and it's a third rounder, not a first rounder. I just Trent, Trent this, Richardson won three overall, and he yeah. lasted in the league maybe a couple glasses in the water. Long. Yeah, and you just and and even if they're good, and I think Trent Richardson's problems were related to his weight. I don't think the guy prepared himself well, but you get a guy like Kijan Carter who is one of those guys that people traded up to get. And he was, you go back to when he was drafted in uh, 95, the Bengals traded up to the, get the first round, the first pick overall with him. And then he blows out a knee. Like you, you have no guarantee with these running backs. And and you look at, at how quickly that they hit the point and then they come down. And, and even Ezekiel Elliott, who played well from Ohio State, you look at his career, he's had three, maybe four good years. And now he's a, sh- a shadow of himself. He's, he's lost a step and he's dinged up. And, and now you're, you're faced with overpaying for a position that has to become interchangeable. You've got to have a running back by committee approach to it. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Detroit hasn't won a championship for a while for a reason. And that's part of the reason why is they, they draft <laughs> You know, Interesting choice. Running backs. You mentioned Aaron Jones. I mentioned Aaron Jones. You mentioned he was a fifth round pick. Jamal Williams, the back they just let leave in free agency. He was a fifth, a sixth round pick. I want to say Montgomery. He was, he was, was actually a, Jamal was a was a fourth round pick. The That's same right, year they yeah. drafted. The yeah. same year they drafted Aaron Jones. Like, yeah. take take a third rounder, convert it to a fourth and a fifth, and pick up two guys and and Here see who lasts. You know, and you get special teamers, and you get. You get the less pressure and the, just the sheer money that you're going to tie up in a position that isn't what it was in the 80s. So the Packers surprise us, or do they – so it's either going to be an edge or offensive lineman is what I think. I would like them to go receiver. Uh, you think they'll go tight end. We'll see what the Packers do. The pick is apparently in. Yeah, I think it's three things. I think it's Miles Murphy from Clemson. The edge rusher who's six five and almost two hundred and seventy pounds. Uh, you've got every tight end on the board. So is it Michael Meyer on the board from Notre Dame and or Dalton Kincaid? I think who can stretch the field a little bit better. I think Meyer's a, a, a two way tight end, or as you said, uh, a wide receiver. You got your choice in a, a very weak wide receiver draft. So we'll see yeah. what happens with this. Skronsky and Johnson are off the board. Either one of those would have been good picks for him. Yep. I just think you have to get Jordan Love help. Yes. Get, him, get him as much help as you can get. Romeo Dobbs, fourth-round pick from a year ago, had some made some big plays during the mm-hmm. year, but you don't know if he's going to be a, even a number two receiver. Christian Watson, injury-plagued year last year when he finally got healthy, was a touchdown machine. Outside of those two, you got Torre from Nebraska, a seventh round pick from last year, and then you have a couple, I think, three or four guys who have no business being on an NFL roster. Tight end, you have um, uh, Josiah Degara, who's unproven and first three, four years in the league, he hasn't shown anything yet. And I know with Rodgers as your quarterback, he wasn't going to get a lot of opportunities, but when he has gotten opportunities, catching the ball has been up and down. You lost Robert Tanyan, you mentioned earlier. Mercedes Lewis is likely not coming back, and he's a little long in the tooth. Yeah, I was going to say he's like 39, but he 
look the way you walk, watch him run around sometimes, you think he falls short of 50. Um, tight end's a position they could definitely use, and a tight end that can dominate the middle. I don't like tight end at this position, uh, this spot, but a tight end can definitely help a uh, young quarterback, give him a check down option when the receiver's out there. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not a big fan of drafting a tight end in the top 15 here, but you've also got 42 and 45 in the second round. So the Packers have shown an interest in trading up in the second round, and you're, you're middle of the pack there. I think, I don't know if you have a receiver that's that much better if you're going to go 13 to 42. I think it's a it's a guessing game at oh, this point. Oh, okay, they're showing the Rodgers trade. I thought we had a trade for a minute, but they're just showing the Rodgers trade. Yeah, the 42nd pick, they picked up a, the sixth rounder and the fifth rounder or a trade. And then the the big key is the conditional pick next year that could turn into a first rounder. If you... I, don't, I don't like the fact they call it a conditional second round. It should call it a conditional first round because Rodgers is likely playing in 65% of the plays mm-hmm. unless he gets injured. Yeah. There's yeah, no way it, he's not playing more than less than 65%. The only way I see it possibly that he doesn't is if the Jets just completely stink and they decide to try to keep it from happening. But Goodell is at the podium. Pick is in. Luke Van S. Ah, oh, from Iowa, the edge rusher. Nicknamed Hercules, uh, freak athlete, uh, good size. They needed edge, edge people. Uh, he's watching it from Wisconsin. He must be a Wisconsin guy watching it from Fontana, Wisconsin. Uh, he, uh, he's, you have Preston Smith. You have Rashawn Gary coming back from a torn ACL. And you have a lot of unknowns at the edge position. And Rashawn Gary is entering into his fifth-year option year. You don't know if they're going to be able to get, you know, or if they will want to re-sign him. He's 6'5", 272. You know, he reminds me a lot of Rashawn Gary where the the productivity wasn't necessarily there, but the traits for him are and he's a guy that I started to really like the more I, I learned about him. He's a motor that doesn't end a la JJ Watt and he's a guy that's gonna bring it on every play. And he's a guy you can move inside on passing downs with his hand in the dirt or you can put him on the the edge position and the highlights they're showing right now on ESPN, that's what they're showing right now. And then moving them all over the line. And not surprised he didn't take a skilled skill position on offense as the last time they did that non-quarterback was Javon Walker. Javon Walker, Bubba Franks, and Sterling Sharp. The only three non-quarterback skilled guys they've taken in the first round since 1988. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is going deep on the stats. He's uh he's a local Chicago area guy. Oh okay. From Barrington, Illinois. What do we uh, in Montana, Wisconsin for? Yeah, yeah, maybe the folks moved up there. He's uh, a smart player, uh, academic, all Big Ten. Uh, only played two full seasons. He's a redshirt sophomore. Oh, Patriots are trading. Maybe they wanted Van Ness, so they're trading with the Steelers. It's entirely possible. Or the Steelers. Oh, I can tell you who the Steelers are going to draft here. Jory Porter Jr. Yep. Just makes so much sense. You, 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 you have to. And, and <laughs> it, it's he I fell to it. Yeah, you got to jump up. Yeah. the coaching staff, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Shefty's on talking about it right now. But uh, yeah, this is that's too good of a story to pass up for a defensive head coach. And I'm not surprised that 
Jackson Smith enigma is falling just because he did not play except I think all of three plays. Uh, he had five catches for 43 yards, missed 10 games due to a um, hamstring injury, played probably about 60 snaps. Yeah, so I'm he's, not surprised he's falling. And, but and he's, he's undersized, and I thought maybe the Texans would grab him and kind of make that partnership that Joe Burrow and, uh, and Chase enjoy in uh, Cincinnati and, uh, and what Jalen Hurts has with guys he used to throw to from Alabama. But, excuse me, he uh, – He's he's under he's a slot receiver, and I, I think this is a very mediocre class. You've alluded to it several times of wide receivers. I, I think you're it's going to be throw a dartboard and pick one, and if there's somebody you like, they're going to be there in the second round. And this will be an interesting draft to see what happens here in the back half of it, where are people doing what the Steelers are doing and finding very specific players that they want for their system and bringing them in and maybe moving up or moving down just to skosh to to uh, pick up what you actually needed. And we've got a couple. Sorry, 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 go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to switch to uh, the Twitter reaction for the Packers pick. So you finish what you were saying, then I'll jump to the Twitter reaction. Well, you, you've still got two teams that have two picks left in the second round. Uh, I'm sorry, in the first round. Seattle's got another pick at 20. Philadelphia's got another pick at 30. So they've already gotten a first rounder. Do they trade out of the round if somebody wants to come back up in and pick up somebody late in that first round, lock them into a five-year option, or is there something else? So let's see what Twitter has to say about the Packers pick. <laughs> oh, I just – sorry. Went back on my screen really quick. So tradition like uh, Lions and Packers making back-to-back questionable picks. You have to love it. Pack, uh, unserious team. Anyone interested in a share of the Packers? The best thing would have been to draft a receiver. Packers are <coughs> here. Uh, hell yes, a total Packer pick. LVN, welcome to the family. Again, Packers, no offensive help. Sorry, love. You, like others, get no help from the front office. Um, I guess some people think it's just a one of uh, only first. You only get the first round, and that's it. It would truly be poetic if the Packers drafted Rodgers for the first time in more than 20 years, the minute after they traded Rodgers. Drafting defense again over receiver. Goot is so shameless. Not when they're not when they're done it for the past 20 plus seasons. Uh yeah, I had I had this mock. The Packers going for defensive lineman always seemed likely to me with Gary uh coming off an injury. Um Packers are not effing real right now. Fire Goot. Packers are a joke. Fire Goot. Don't let the bandwagon door. Oh, that's a reply to something stupid somebody said. Packers are nasty. We're never winning again, I swear. So not a lot of happy Packer fans on the Twitter fear right now with this selection. But, hey, one of the youngest players in this year's draft, and he's got a lot of upside. So just be patient and let him develop. And well, If I remember correctly, the Rashad Gary was not – no. Oh, wow. Roderick Steve. Jones from Georgia. Nickel. Well, that's a little surprising they passed on Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, guess they wanted to give Kenny Pickett, who I'm not sold on yet, uh, some uh, protection up front so he doesn't get knocked around a lot. So mm-hmm. he's also a quarterback that's prone to fumble uh, with his hand size, which was a problem with Pitt, no matter mm-hmm. you know what anybody says. But Back to your comment about Rashawn Gary. 
Well, Rashawn Gary wasn't a super popular pick when he came out. Oh. And it was it was one where somebody thought, oh, we don't have a need. This is two teams now in the first round. The Raiders have two starters at the outside edge rushers. The Packers have two starters at the outside edge rushers. And you uh, don't know when Gary's coming back either. Yeah, you don't know when Gary's coming back. You don't know. Preston Smith is kind of like uh, Chandler Jones. They're getting old. And at some point, you got to have a third rusher to spell because teams are throwing enough. You need fresh legs on that field getting after the quarterback. Yeah. One of the biggest reasons the Gary pick wasn't a popular pick was the fact it was the same offseason. They just signed uh, to Darius Smith and Preston Smith. And then you go and draft the uh, Rashawn Gary. But the the thing with Gary is they did it knowing that he would have a chance to develop as a player because he wouldn't have to come in and contribute right away. Unfortunately for Gary, when he started showing the qualities that the Packers drafted him for, he blows out his ACL. Mm-hmm. And that you could feel it at Detroit. Yeah. Seems like a lot of injuries always happen there. Yeah, but Lucas Luke, Lucas Van Ness, same kind of situation. Bring him in. He's young. He's he's a redshirt sophomore. You've got uh, another set of legs, somebody you can rotate in and just constantly be putting pressure on the quarterback for 50, 40, 50 snaps a game. Now yes, it'll be interesting more, to see who the Jets pick. The more reaction on Twitter, this is tweeted directly at the Packers for this pick. Uh, trash. J- Jordan Love going to be throwing the plumbers. Um, you do realize it's okay to take a wide receiver in the first round, right? This team is so disappointing. Why don't you ever take a receiver? I can't be a fan of this team anymore. What the actual F? What the F? Can I play receiver for you guys? I'm pretty tall. Drafting defense over receivers with the meme of uh, Rodgers and Jordan Love with nooses on their neck and Rodgers asking first time. Um, see, I hate the... Uh, you have to take a receiver in the first round if you want them to be any good. I hate I hate that for the fact that Jordan Love, uh, not Jordan Love, sorry, Jordy Nelson was a second round pick. Uh, Greg Jennings was a second round pick. Uh, James Jones was a third round pick. Devontae Adams was a second round pick. The pa- you know, Thompson stopped drafting receivers after Devontae, and Goody hasn't shown the ability to really draft receivers up to this point either. He seems to have hit on Watson and Dodd, but outside of that, hasn't really shown he can hit on receivers consistently. But the Packers have taken a lot of receivers in the second and third round that have developed into being key components to championship teams. Donald Driver was a seventh-round pick. I know that's an outlier. Typically, seventh-round picks don't develop to become Mm -hmm. Packer or Packer Hall of Famers or whatever team he plays for Hall of Famers. It typically doesn't happen. But you don't have to take – I would have loved uh, loved in, uh, in Jigba, but obviously other teams don't like him either because guess what? He's falling down the draft board. This is a lot of the, – there's not a big gap between wide receiver one and wide receiver ten in this year's draft. So if the Packers want a wide receiver, they can trade back in the first round with their two second-round picks, or they can trade back in the, in the second round, trade up, into the early second round and take a guy who they like there, if that's what they feel or want to do, they can do the same with the tight end position. And the tight end position is deep. There hasn't been any tight ends taken yet. No, no, there's tight ends available and they got 42 and 45. It's entirely possible. You could walk out just staying where you're at for the Packers. They could stay there and pick up a tight end and a wide receiver at 42 and 45, let alone, 
throw a fifth round pick at somebody and and move up five spots, and you're you're right in the thick of the beginning of the second round. Even Mel Kuyper Jr.'s got he's got Zay Flowers from uh, from Boston College, who is massively undersized at five nine and one eighty two, a burner, but he's tiny. And then you've got uh, Jackson Smith, who's also small. You're basically talking about two slot guys, and and nobody has a boundary receiver at this point that's out there that's for the taking. I also think the NFL game has changed now. I think it's you, you have to have three receivers that you're capable of starting now. So now it's it's become not just a, getting a, a wide receiver one is great, but you need to have two, three, and four, and maybe even five that can step in and, and spot start for you because somebody's going to get – a hamstring or a, a toenail or a turf toe or something's going to break during the course of the year, you, you're going to have a lot of snaps out there. Yeah, and taking a taking an edged player at that position, it's not a sexy pick, and I know as fans we want the sexy pick. There's not a lot of sexy names in this year's draft. And like I said, I wanted uh, in Jigba big time. I thought he would be great in the slot, put him inside with, Watson and Dobbs on the outside. I think that's a pretty formidable offense. But there's other opportunities to get into the first round today. There's other opportunities to move up in the second round tomorrow to fill those skill position needs that the Packers need to give Jordan Love some help. Now, if the Packers leave this draft without taking a wide receiver or without taking a tight end, then I'll be unhappy. If they don't take a wide receiver and or tight end in second second or third round, at least one, I'll be a little unhappy because they definitely mm-hmm. have to add depth and talent to those positions because the Packers depth chart at receiver doesn't look very good. The Packers depth chart at uh, uh, edge didn't look very good either, but you basically get in a guy that can potentially uh, bring you some energy off the bench uh, as an edge guy who can hopefully take over a game. I know there's worry that he didn't start at all, in his uh, college, you know, this most recent season. But at the end of the day, I I think he can be a very solid football player. He's not your 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 Dean Lowry, which I'm sure is worrying a lot of Packer fans. He's not your Dean Lowry. He's a much better athlete than Dean Lowry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there are no Jamar Chases in this draft. No. There's no big receivers that everybody is set, clamoring for in the first round that you're jockeying for position to get your hands on and bring into your wide receiver room. It's just not there. So why not just let it roll? Let the draft come to you a little bit here and maybe pick up somebody at 42 or 45 or, or move up to 36 or or 38 if you have to, and and lose a lower round draft pick for the sake of argument. But you can right now, they, you still got every tight end that you thought was going to be there there. So they've got a good chance to just let it come to them. And, uh, and end up walking out of here with a, a, a starter, possibly from day one in Van Ness, because Gary may not be the guy to go. He may be still uh, healing a little bit. Yeah. So, so far, Gibbs is the only position that it made me say WTF so far in the first round. The Jets seem to like whoever they decide to take. A lot of high fives and happiness in their war room, room mm-hmm. when they got to that. Obviously, we have to have... Uh, I'm, I'm guessing I'm not watching uh, hearing, but the sound on my guess is they're talking about how the Packers continue to not give their quarterbacks any help in the first round. 
probably the gist of what they're talking about right now. I can't believe they didn't take a receiver or a tight end here. It is stupid they didn't do that, I'm sure is what Mel and uh, McShay and those guys are saying. Well, I think I think Mel does it a lot more on on pure pure who he has rated as the top players. Yeah. I, I just you don't have anybody rated that high at the tight end position, and you've got every one of them left. So let it let it drop, let it come to you, and maybe they don't have a big difference between the two. I think the Cowboys are in a market for a tight end. That's the only team I can see that would be first round. We want a tight end. We need a tight end because they they're in the same boat as the Packers. They have one good receiver. Maybe C.D. Lamb is a little bit more accomplished than Watson is, but they're very similar wide receiver ones. And then you've got a bunch of guys. And then you don't have a tight end because they lost theirs to uh, free agency and Dalton Schultz. And then the Packers have lost Tunyon to uh, to the team to the south of the cheese curtain and uh, free agency. And, and Tunyon wasn't a dominant player anyway. It was more that Rodgers made him into uh, what he was. So uh, I he think a tight end's... Year. <laughs> yeah. One good yeah. year. Yeah, so just let's just get after it and and see what happens with with getting a, yourself a tight end that uh, that has the ability to uh, be a difference maker for you and an outlet for your quarterback. And I, I think this is also going to be a, a big year for Aaron Jones in the passing game for the Packers as well too, because he's a pretty good receiver out of the backfield, and yep. that can be a nice outlet for your quarterback when he's under pressure. And AJ Dillon is a. Uh... Under underrated receiver of the backfield as well. Mm-hmm. He's not the route runner that Aaron Jones is, but he can make things happen on the screen game as well. So they have the uh, kid making the predict uh, the uh, the pick for the Jets today from the um, Make a Wish. Offensive tackle is the one position they could use. I think they go outside linebacker forward. here. Outside uh, outside linebacker yeah. is one they could use. Mentioned uh, Nolan Smith. They showed uh, uh, on camera a few times. The receiver position is pretty deep in New York mm-hmm. now, talent-wise. Wilson, Lazard. Yeah, they got a they got a bunch of bodies there at the outside to to pick and choose from, and yeah. uh, and it, where they were in a deep enough position to tell OBJ to take his talents elsewhere. And then Elijah Moore to go away too because he wasn't happy there. Mm-hmm. Which that's one guy I wish the Packers would have traded for too. But he ended up going to the Browns. Will McDonald, a surprise in the first round. He was a second-round grade for me. Mm-hmm. I figured he would be a mid, early to mid-second-round guy. Yeah, I can't. Teams reach again. Uh, the the uh, Lions reached big time. Jets are reaching. I guess it's fitting. You get Aaron Rodgers there, and you take a defensive <laughs> player with that first pick. Yeah, defender, yeah. So now we can talk about the Jets changed. not giving him <laughs> wide receiver help in the first round. Yeah. When were the when are the Jets going to put talent around Rodgers? Yeah, he's a small guy too, six three, two thirty nine, talented player. Don't get me wrong, uh-huh. but I he's not first round talent to me. Well, not the first half of the first round, certainly. Yeah, end of the first round, maybe. It'd be but, a stretch, but maybe. Yeah, it, it just okay. He he's he's an okay player. I didn't. I'm surprised they didn't get for that pick. I think you could have traded back, and maybe they didn't have any takers for it. Maybe they dangled it out there. But he had a uh, great senior bowl. That's, I think, what one of the things that made him really jump off the page for people. Great senior bowl. Um, tested well at the combine, but I not a fan of this pick. Yeah, but this is also it's a lukewarm draft. Yeah, it is. 
It is a very, very lukewarm draft. But you had the edge guy from Clemson still there, who mm-hmm. uh, probably Miles Murphy, Murphy yep. who's probably uh, better talent than him, and it's certainly bigger. He's almost two seventy. Yeah, he's got a good uh, thirty pounds on McDonald, and played maybe against a little bit better talent uh, base in the, the the league that he played in. I know Nolan Smith is smaller, but you have Nolan Smith still on the board. Uh, McD- you know, McDonald is a you know, second second pick, uh, round pick for me, but he's mm-hmm. going 15 and kind of, I don't know. And w- Washington needs a quarterback, so maybe uh, maybe Will, Will Levis goes here with Washington. Possibly. They profess their love for the guy they have. I just, I don't see it, but yeah. but there's, there's the a chance. The guy they have is just a guy. Yeah, but they they see something, and and I don't know if it's you've got a, a franchise in disarray with with a whole bunch of uh, with a whole bunch of things going on behind the scenes. But Sam Howell has started one game, and and truthfully, you got rid of Taylor Heineke, you let him go in free agency. He was a guy, and 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 a guy that everybody seemed to rally around and made his team play better, kind of Josh McNown esque. Uh, but just never got a, a really got a shot to be uh, the player that you wanted him to be. And, and okay, he's a backup, but Sam Howell, one game started for you last year, and you're going to make a decision to go with him, unless you're saying I'm going to tank and I'm going to end up with uh, going for Caleb Williams next year from USC, which everybody seems to be super high on. Yeah, and Caleb Williams, like I, I mentioned before, he's an athlete that happens to play quarterback. There's a mm-hmm. lot of work he needs to do to become more of a a, a, a quarterback rather than being a mm-hmm. uh, athlete that can play the position. So he yes. has some work he needs to do. And another year in college, maybe he can get that work uh, that he needs to get done. But well, I know you had Jalen Hurts and uh, – Baker Mayfield make the NFL running that Oklahoma system. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah, uh, Kyler Murray. I forgot about him. I, but other than Jalen Hurts, none of those three really light the world on fire at the position in the NFL. No, no. It's, Jalen it's Hurts like, had one good year so far. Yeah, it's an air raid offense. And and let's be honest, Jalen Hurts got carried by the team a little bit. And that's not a bad thing. You're on your rookie deal. Is he worth being the second highest paid player in the NFL right now? Time will tell. But uh, yeah, you you've got you got a history of guys coming out of that Lincoln Riley system that that don't necessarily translate to the NFL. And I, I also think Caleb Williams, uh, I got some questions about his maturity level. The whole thing with his fingernails and doing that—you're getting into the whole glitzy sort of lifestyle of of being a celebrity. Uh, at some point, I, I I need a guy who's a bit of a grinder that goes in there and is doing the film study and by all. Accounts Jalen Hurts worked really, really hard last year. You hear that from everybody in the organization, and and he worked hard and worked hard and worked hard and, and made himself into a better player. Is Caleb Williams going to come into a situation where where that's it for him, or is he going to come in and and want to be all caught up in the the me 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 situation and and end up being an RG three on your hands? Well, oh, to me, RG three what did him in is he just never recovered from a knee injury. He shouldn't have been playing in that playoff game with how bad that knee was hurt and buckled on him on that horrible field. Mm-hmm. And he just could never, you know, could never become uh, back to what he was. And so Washington, 
not re- they need a they need a few things. They need some, you know, linebacker corner. Um, Gonzalez is still on the board. Porter's still on the board. Quarterback's a position of need. Uh, I don't care how much you like how uh, quarterback a position of need. I don't care how much they li- they they say they like him. Uh, I don't think they thought a quarterback would be the, uh, lasting to this far out of the the top four. I don't think they thought any of the four would be left. Um, so maybe that's what they're thinking about right now. It's like we didn't think any of these four quarterback any of these four quarterbacks could be left, and we have one sitting there on the board. That may change the thinking. Die. Yeah, it's do or die for uh, the head coach out there, though. Uh, I don't know how much longer he has in Washington. New ownership coming in. New ownership coming. Um, it's going to be a clean the house situation. And yeah. you got a you got a new offensive coordinator who is very unproven. In uh, and maybe they keep Ron Rivera around with the new ownership coming in, just so they have some stability. And he's a a solid football guy. Mm-hmm. Just I again, I think he's on a uh, hot. Short leash. Yeah, yeah short leash. His seat is very hot. Yeah, he's hot. I mean, they got Jacoby Brissett as a backup. Jake Fromm's also on the roster for Washington. Another head scratcher. Emmanuel Forbes, a very undersized defensive back. He's, I think wow. he's about six feet, but he's like 160 pounds. Yeah, I, I, last I saw, he was listed at 6'1", 166. And I know yeah. Sauce, there it is. Uh, Sauce Gardner is thin, but this guy's real thin. And, yeah, Gardner at least has a frame on him. This guy is skinny. And, well, and, and spindly legged. I mean, look at you. Look at how big his calves are and his knees. And you just you wonder. That's that was my concern with RG three coming out of college. <laughs> There's just no muscle mass there. And yeah. and you you get up there and and some 320 pound offensive guard pulls out and you got to hit a bubble screen and he gets into your legs and you, the next thing you know it's six eight weeks you're out just with uh, how bruised you're going to be. So. Uh, I'm I'm cu- curious. I I thought he was. I had he. Uh, I had Flowers circled uh, from Boston College, the wide receiver who's tiny, and I had Forbes circled as two guys that, with size concerns, that I just didn't think stayed in round one. I thought they were guys that were going to fall out of the first round just basically, purely on the fact they're just not big enough to play in it. No, and I think Flowers could be a serviceable player in the NFL. I just don't think he's going to be a. Uh, round one receiver, mm-hmm. and this corner, he's a second, third round re- corner, and he's going round one. I know mm-hmm. he tested very well at the combine, very fast, good vertical, but at the end of the day, he's yeah, I, he's, he's built I like know. not like a football player. Now you got oh. New England on the clock, they traded back, yeah, and, and I got to think it's one of three positions for them corner. Because Bill Belichick just loves drafting corners. I think you, one of their corners retired this year. Yep. And you've got Gonzalez on the outside corner. The other one, and I know you said you didn't think that you'd see a safety in the first round. I think there is Brian Branch is the one player that could go here or they go tight end. Yep. Branch is a guy, though, that's more of a spot. He's, he's a nickel back and he's also from Alabama. And I know yeah. that there's a connection between Saban. Oh, it's Gonzalez, the outside corner. There you yep. go. Yeah, they'll plug him in day one and just let him go. Patriots got a very solid football player here due to some questionable drafting from a couple teams ahead of them with uh, a couple corners making you wonder why they went that quickly. Gonzalez uh, gets yeah. taken. Or I should say an edge guy in a corner wondering why mm-hmm. they got taken so quickly. Now well, you got Gonzalez, who's 6'1", 197, and 
he's another guy that tested extremely well, and he's a good press corner, and mm-hmm. he fills the position that I want to say it was McCurdy that re- is uh, McCurdy, retired. The safety McCurdy. retired, yeah. Devin McCurdy retired, but they 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 just need more corners. And and Belich, this guy's prototypical size. He's almost six foot two. He's almost two hundred pounds, and he's got the speed and the arms for it. And and yeah, you, as you said, press coverage. He's a versatile guy. He can play in his own but he can play press coverage and he, he high points the ball extremely well. He reacts to it uh, and in fantastically. His, in his own division, you got um, Diggs in Buffalo. You have Tyree Kill in Miami. Uh, you have Garrett you know, Wilson with the Garrett Jets. Garrett Wilson with the Jets. Plus you have Aaron Rodgers who has made lesser wide receivers look mm-hmm. good. So you have in your own division, you have uh, some top flight receivers that you have to uh, – uh, you have to slow down, and then once you get out of your division, that you got the Chiefs who have some talented receiver. You have the uh, Chargers with some talented receiver. Jacksonville's talented receiver. So even if you know, just to get in the you know playoffs, they have to uh, you know they need some top notch corners. I I I'm surprised they didn't go Nolan Smith, just because that's a prototypical Belichick style pick as well. Mm-hmm. But Gonzalez is a good pick for Belichick as. You know, they made the playoffs two years ago and uh, Jones' rookie year kind of fell apart last year. They finally have an offensive coordinator, which mm-hmm. they didn't do Jones. I I wouldn't have been surprised if they took a quarterback, but they also didn't do Jones any favors having Matt Patricia and Judge uh, run the offense, two guys that failed as head coaches. And before then, they were defensive coordinator and special teams coordinator trying to run the offense where now they got bill o'brien there mm-hmm. he coached jones at alabama he's been successful as a play caller in the past i i think they're comfortable seeing what he can do with bill o'brien there but let's also shore up this defense because we got some top flight offenses in our own division we have to slow down mm-hmm. and and a, one underrated thing is they that division has a very tough schedule outside of their division yeah. this year so it may be that there is just one team from that division making the playoffs it's entirely possible that you've got good teams going home and not making the playoffs this year which would be shocking but it's it's not uh, not atypical in the way the schedule rotation whips around this is a good pick for new england it adds depth to him i agree with you bill o'brien is the perfect offensive coordinator for mac jones and truthfully this is a prove-it year for Mac Jones. If he doesn't do well, we're going to be looking at Bailey Zappi as the quarterback in 2024. Yep. And this is year three for Mac Jones. So if he wants to, uh, if he wants to get paid and not mm-hmm. have to, uh, if he wants to get paid before his fifth-year option, um, this is basically do-or-die time for Jones. He had a, as I mentioned, promising rookie year. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels leaves, and he completely falls off the face of the earth production-wise. And Zappy was a good story for a couple of weeks, but he has his own limitations too. Yes, but it, it shows you that, and and you have Trey Lance was being shopped before the draft this year. It's it, the 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 window for quarterbacks is shrunk down. The expectation you're not going to have what the Packers have guys sitting for three years a lot anymore because yeah. you're coming in. Their teams are trying to win on the rookie deal, build up the team around them, and then. Either you get paid or, or Trey Lance's case, he may be gone. There's still a good chance he ends up in Minnesota tomorrow night or or later in the draft as, as a backup quarterback for Kirk Cousins and tries to resurrect his career. And this is a guy that a couple of years ago they traded three first-round draft picks for. 
Yeah, the thing I don't with I don't understand why John Lynch doesn't get more criticism as a general manager than uh let's say Brian Gudenkust did because he drafts uh Jordan Love <laughs> when he still had Aaron Rodgers and he got crucified for it by everybody. They draft Trey Lance, they they trade they trade a ton of draft capital to draft Trey Lance number three overall. Mm-hmm. And he didn't look that great his rookie year. He did well in situational packages. And before his injury, which I know one of the games you can't really judge him, and that's that Chicago game where they're playing in a monsoon. You can throw that out. But he didn't look good otherwise before his injury. And he hasn't shown that he can play at the NFL level. And I know you drafted him based off what he could become. But going from a, I'm just going to call it what it you know, used to be, Division One AA to the NFL is a big jump. Big jump. And he only played one year and then with COVID, one game. Yeah. So it's not like he was a four-year starter. It's not like he was Kellen Moore coming out of Boise State and had you know, four years of starts under him and 50 games. This is a guy that played one season after high school. Got a lot of physical ability, but... You didn't play at a high level. You weren't throwing against SEC defenses every week. Uh, it's a rude awakening, and he hasn't shown that he – I mean, he shouldn't have been the starter last year. And now you've got him in a situation where Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, the last pick of the NFL draft last year, beats him out, essentially. And they've said it's Purdy's job to lose. And then and you the locker Sam room. there, too. Yeah, and Sam Darnold will be serviceable. And and Sar- Sam Darnold may have a, a Rich Gannon-esque uh, career resurgence here with a, a play-action passing attack and a, a pretty good play caller and a, and a good team around him. Yeah, and Shanahan has shown that he can win with Garoppolo, a quarterback. He's shown he can win with uh, Purdy, a quarterback. And granted, Purdy's the first quarterback he's had success with, not named Jimmy Garoppolo, but still. It's a very quarter. The system's a very quarterback-friendly system. Mm-hmm. Now, the Rams uh, and the 49ers try to get Rodgers. The Rams traded for Stafford after trying to get Rodgers. Uh, they they finally realized that you do need a pretty talented quarterback if you want to try to win a Super Bowl. Um, but Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl with the Rams running the same style of offense. So it's a very quarterback-friendly offense. Yeah, Garoppolo's gotten there. You've got yeah. Jared Goff's a good example. I don't know that you need necessarily a spectacular quarterback. There's a yeah. lot of guys. I mean, Justin Herbert, I think, has played exceptionally well. Still hasn't gotten to the playoffs. Yeah, the horrible coaching staff. And yes, but, but he's in the wrong. I mean, you put him on the Niners. You put him on the Dolphins right now. I think Levis might be the pick, the way he's moving around in the green room right there, the way they were showing him, which would be a good pick for the Lions at this point. Yeah, it yeah, would. At 18, it's a value pick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's And, and he's he, off for a year. You let him, and, and he's a very similar build to golf. He's a similar quarterback. They're both. Better arm, but arm, yeah, yeah, I they, think they both, better arm than golf, but 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 they're yeah, you're not mixing and matching styles, so you can continue to build your offense. They're my biggest concern with Detroit is their offensive coordinator is going to be in demand. He was in demand this year for some opportunities and interviews, and I think if they have another good year, and and you kind of look at the team's record in the last half of a season, and if they if they have a winning record, that usually bodes well for the next year. They were eight and two in their last ten games. Yeah. So there's a good chance they have a good season. This guy could be gone, and then Dan Campbell's rebuilding again. The okay. problem with having so pick is in. 
They take drum roll. Wow, Jack Campbell from oh, Iowa. Jack Campbell. Second defender from the Iowa defense. Another reach for um, another reach there. Campbell, yeah. second round uh, value there. I know he tested really well on his pro day and a uh, very solid player, but he was mm-hmm. more of a, uh, to me, a second round pick. Tampa Bay needs a quarterback. They're up on the clock now. Yeah, Baker Mayfield would disagree with you there, but they're at 19. Yeah. Seahawks are at 20. There's a possibility they pick up a quarterback. Uh, Minnesota's at 23. If there's somebody they like, yeah. they've still got uh, Kirk Cousins, but he has not uh, set the world on fire for them. Baker Mayfield might disagree, but let's face it. Baker is not a he's – a, he's serviceable in spot starts, but he's not a quality starting quarterback in the NFL. I, I just I, – I feel for him. I think he got a raw deal in Cleveland. He, he led him to the yeah. playoffs. He played hurt and then kind of got uh, passed up for for a quarterback of questionable moral turpitude. But, uh, yeah, but Baker Baker's bounced around a little bit. So yeah. we'll see. I, I was a little surprised the Rams didn't keep him because I don't know that Matt Stafford makes 12 starts this year. I mean, you, oh. he's getting old and back injuries are, are ones that just don't necessarily heal. And back to Campbell, he's a big linebacker too. He's a you know good middle, good solid middle linebacker, just not first round talent. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. So they yeah, got a, go a running back and a middle linebacker, two spots that I don't think of as first, first round, round picks, picks anymore. No, no, no like, and I forgot they took the running back from Bama yeah. for a minute, but two uh, head scratching picks for Detroit. Yeah. But... I mean, maybe I guess they didn't have any fullbacks and guards rated high enough. Maybe they bite kneecaps well. Mm-hmm. There you go. Maybe when they brought them in, I'm guessing they were top 30 visits for Detroit, and maybe when they brought them in for top 30 visits, Campbell had them uh, bite kneecaps, and he liked the, the mark they left on the kneecap. Oh, my goodness. He is never going to live that quote down. Oh, no. That was that was a very strange opening press conference. Uh-huh. I, very strange. I don't – it's going to be sound stupid for me to say – because they won what eight nine uh, this year, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Or they had no. Oh, they won. Fi- they had a five hundred record. They just mm-hmm. missed the playoffs. But anyway, I don't think Campbell is uh, there for very long in Detroit. His style wears thin very quickly in the NFL. I have I've said since his opening press conference in Detroit, he would make a great college coach because mm-hmm. every every two to four years. You're bringing mm-hmm. in a whole new crop of players, so you're yeah, it's going to play, play itself out. Sale. Pete yeah, Carroll it's... somehow has lasted so long in Seattle with a similar style, but I think he learned a lot from his his first NFL failures in mm-hmm. uh, New England and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Campbell. It's also interesting to see Detroit has morphed their coaching staff. When he first opened up, every coach he had was a former player at the NFL level. That's changed. He found out Anthony Lynn, who's now bounced, uh, who was the former head coach of the Chargers, who now is with the 49ers as their assistant head coach and running backs coach. He, he's not a good play caller. He was not a great play caller in Buffalo. He was he ran a terrible offense with the Chargers, and, and he proved himself wrong. Now the guy he's got now, Johnson, he's calling plays well and is well-regarded. But it's interesting to see the evolution, and I'm curious to see how long Aaron Glenn lasts as their D.C. there. Because they didn't play well defensively. No. Oh, uh, once they made the coordinator, uh, 
Oh, D tackle from Pittsburgh. Uh, Cancy, body style wise, he's similar to Aaron Donald. I'm not going to say he's an Aaron Donald, but mm-hmm. body style wise, he's similar. Uh, I I don't know if he really fits. And of course, they bring up that comparison right away. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he really fits Tampa Bay's defense, as he's not your prototypical three four uh, defensive end. He's not a outside. He's not an edge linebacker. In the 3-4, and that's what Tampa Bay typically lines up in, unless they're going to go more of a multi-front type defense. Uh, and he's not a nose tackle, and they have... No, uh, he's a three-technique guy. Yeah, so I don't know if he really fits Tampa Bay's defense, per se, but like I said, unless they're going to go a lot of uh, uh, two defensive linemen fronts, which we see a lot in the NFL now, mm-hmm. especially in Green Bay, you know, he fits that way, but... Again, he's another guy to not have as a first-round talent. Yeah, physically very similar in size to Donald. Same height, almost the same weight, same speed in the 40. Uh, short arms on him, though. He's only got 30 and yeah. little, under 31-inch arms. So, And that's where Donald dominates you is his arm length. He gets his arms out there, and you can't get on him. Yeah, but they've got to they've got to solidify that defense in Tampa Bay. They kind of yeah. fell apart there last year, and their offensive line. They got to be looking at that at some point. To get, I just uh, felt there are better options uh, later in the draft, a defensive tackle mm-hmm. or defensive line that they could have went. There's yes, uh, uh, Benton from Wisconsin. You could have gotten the third or fourth round mm-hmm. that I think would have been a better value here. I don't. I just don't think he fits their scheme. <laughs> be interesting but, to see how Todd Bowles evolves that. And he's there's another coach who's on the hot seat. Like, he probably should have been let go on the, after the season in Tampa Bay after all the wheel the, the wheels fell off. Mm-hmm. So Seattle back, yeah, Seattle back on the board. They took Weatherspoon with their first pick in the mm-hmm. first round. We talked about the quarterback position they could go with with mm-hmm. uh, with Levis uh, is still there. Hooker's yeah, still there. With Geno Smith being knocking any younger. Um, yeah, and, and they, then, they signed him to a three year contract, yeah. but really. They can get out of it after yeah. next year. Offensive line is a position that Seattle could use some help with. Uh, I think wide receiver is probably the and running back are the only two positions they really don't need per se. So they could go a lot of directions here at 20. And they obviously took corner already. So they, they go edge position here with Murphy um, from Clemson still on the board. They could use some pass rush help. Do they go offensive line, which there's not really a lot left? I know. Ohio State had another big offensive tackle, right tackle that they could take, who's very big boy. Mm-hmm. So Seattle could go a lot of directions. Yeah, there's, but there's, I agree with you. There's not a lot of offensive line help at that spot. No, there's no pressing quarterback needs from this point on in the draft. So we may see somebody trade up, and maybe Seattle's entertaining some of that right now. The guy that I would love to see uh, come off the board here in the first round, who I think is an interesting prospect is Andre Carter II, an edge rusher from the United States Military Academy at West Point. He, uh, he's a bit of a, a freak uh, genetically, 6'7", 256, a lot of fast twitch muscle on him, and just dominated when Army played last year. He just had a bad senior bowl, though. I think a lot of he did. people look at that going up against superior, you know, that's, I shouldn't say superior competition, I guess, but going up against better competition. And competition that's played against other better competition. Yeah. Yeah. And I like him too. I just. Yeah. I think he'll be an end of the first, middle of the second, somewhere in that 28 to 45 range. 
but an interesting player and and one who got very lucky because there was a period of time where after his senior year concluded where it looked like he wasn't going to be eligible for the draft. Yeah. The uh, Department of Defense had rescinded the waivers, but that changed, and uh, he's yeah. now eligible. Keon White's another interesting option here for Seattle. He's a little bit older prospect from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. He's a bigger guy, too, I think, in the 270 range. Older guy, like I said, but they need pass rush help. Yeah, I think Seattle's got a – as strange as it sounds, I think they go defense again. I know they got the corner first, but – but getting somebody that can get after it, I don't, I don't think Carroll's in the mood for a rebuild at 70 years old. No, and yeah. if you draft a quarterback here, you're not doing it for a rebuild. You're doing it for next year or the year after. Yes. Because Geno Smith's your guy this year. Unless mm-hmm. he just completely falls off the cliff, which I wouldn't be surprised if he does, based off his career track record before Seattle. Um, but Geno Smith's your quarterback in 2023, barring mm-hmm. uh, falling off a cliff or injury. No, and his – offensive coordinator left or his quarterback's coach left left to go to Tampa. So that could be an interesting, sometimes you change coordinators, you change your coaches and uh, the success you enjoyed in the rebirth kind of goes away. Coaching has more of an impact than people realize. Scheffler has his phone out. So I wonder if there's been a trade made the way Scheffler is holding his phone. We base everything off Shefty's iPhone. (laughs) Yeah, he took a lot of grief um, when, uh, was it two years ago when the whole Rodgers situation mm-hmm. uh, happened with, you know, him not um, him not wanting to be there. Based off Levis's reaction, it might be him, but um, just to, you know, you know, Rodgers wanting to be traded and all that mm-hmm. stuff. He took a lot of grief for it, but Scheffler is one of the best in the business. He, well, and extremely connected. Over, yeah, extremely connected. I think the NFL is his biggest source, the NFL itself. I think they give mm-hmm. Schefter a ton of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he's really good at his job. And he, he uh, you know, it didn't happen when Schefter said it was going to happen, but it eventually happened with Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Like, he did get traded, did get moved on. It just, they were able to smooth things out two years ago. Mm-hmm. They were able to smooth things out again last year. And it just came to fruition this year that, Goody wants to get, you know, see what his guy can do as opposed to the, and I, and I say this as a huge Aaron Rodgers fan when he was in Green Bay, but they wanted to get away from the drama. Mm -hmm. We've had three or four years in a row of, well, Rodgers might retire. He might not retire. And they decided they wanted to move on. So, but Seattle taking up a lot of their clock. They're on about 20 seconds left. Uh, I always say the longer it takes for the pick to officially be in, it's the likelihood of a trade. Mm-hmm. So, oh, they're talking to somebody or somebody's right now. Yeah, I think somebody might want to trade back into the first round to scoop up Levis. Entirely possible. Or there's somebody else that somebody loves. Yeah. If that's the case, I think it's just somebody in the back half of the first round. I know Kansas City was really high on uh, Flowers. Mm-hmm. I've heard talk that they like flowers a lot. Your yeah, he, he the fits war room, They don't City. see any celebration in the war room. So nope, nope. That's why then, I'm thinking they traded it. You got to wonder if the Rams. I know they were spending a lot of time scouting what they were calling second tier quarterbacks, but are they packaging something to come up and try and get a quarterback at this point? Because they don't really have a lot to move. Though. No, they're not. They're at sixty three. Is there somebody on their roster now that they want to? try and move 
I don't know if they've got enough to get yeah. back into the. I don't think they would trade with Seattle in that situation either. No, interdivisional trades, probably not. Now, if it was just pick swaps, we saw it happen last year twice with Minnesota. Could be the Texans. They've got two twos. Yeah. But what would they need to go back into the first round? I guess receiver, um, Flowers, and. Well, uh, then I think Jackson Smith, uh, it, DeJonton makes a lot of sense for them, partnering him up with his college teammate. Yeah. And he probably has the highest uh, appeal given his limitations and size, but it looks like Seattle's going to make their pick. Doesn't necessarily mean that because they've thrown the graphic up for trade as soon as mm-hmm. Gino got to the podium before. So they were definitely entertaining a lot of offers, though. I will say that much. I'd say that's a pretty fair assessment. And then who do we have drafting next? The Chargers. So maybe the Packers jump back into the first round. Who knows? There's a lot of history between Green Bay and mm-hmm. Seattle for trades. Matt mm-hmm. Haskell back, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted Thompson came from Seattle when he t- took over GM, Mike Holmgren. Yep. yep, Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn, yeah. A lot of connections there. John Snyder's in yes. Seattle now. So. Yeah, so that's entirely possible. So how and with the, all the people they have out there, my guess is it will be Seattle. And how many people does it take to get make a draft pick? Is the question of the well, day. Got a whole team up there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what they come on. That is a very big knee brace that young lady is wearing on the four-letter yeah. network. An injury that I've managed to escape. Yeah. Knock I've on been, wood. I've been lucky I haven't had any knee injuries. When I when I played football, my ankles were in bad shape. I sprained my ankles more times than I can even remember. I'll say Seattle selects. Jackson Smith and Jibba. A little surprising as they uh, they have Tyler Lockett, who's similar wide receiver to him, but maybe they look to move on from him after this season. Mm-hmm. Give uh, uh, Geno Smith another uh, wide receiver option with Metcalf and Lockett and now him. Um, again, surprised they took a wide receiver, but sometimes if you take the best guy available on the on your board and mm-hmm. you get the best guy available, I guess, on their board. So. Yeah, and a luxury pick for them. I mean, they've got two first-round draft picks. I think that, that's got to change your drafting strategy just a little bit. It takes a little bit of pressure off that you can uh, take a stab with somebody and you don't necessarily have to go need. They got their yeah. need addressed early with a corner. Now you got a pick where you can add another wide receiver to your, your uh, arsenal there. And I'm in the camp. You draft best position. Are you bat? You draft best player available for the most part, regardless of position. That that's the camp I'm in mm-hmm. um, when it comes to drafting. I think if you start drafting for need, we saw it with Green Bay after um, Randy Moss jumped on the scene in '98. The next year, the Packers took three corners. Boom, 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 because they over uh, over panicked and. Antoine Edwards was a bust. Mm-hmm. Um, Fred Vincent was a bust. So you uh, you you draft based off need. It can end up biting you in the butt. They they didn't need an edge guy when T.J. Watt was available. They traded back, took uh, Kevin King, which was a position of need because you had the Darius Gunter mm-hmm. covering Julio Jones the NFC Championship game that year, and we saw how much separation he was getting. So they drafted the who they felt was the best corner available, and due to health, he could never mm-hmm. develop fully. So 
I'm a draft best position guy, and if it happens to be a position you don't necessarily need, make it work. So mm-hmm. that, that's a, I guess, are you more of a need or a best player? No, no, I think it's best oh. player. And then, you know, the, the other thing is I think there's certain positions that you, when you start looking at building your team, that you just put a premium on. You got to have a left tackle. You got to have one shutdown corner. A stud yeah. defensive tackle. Yeah. Yeah, and, and but there are positions like guards. I I, I just don't know that you, I need to have an all-pro guard in there. Do I need somebody that's decent and serviceable? Yeah, but I'd rather have four of them so that I can just kind of shuffle with those. So, so oh, yeah. Jenkins was a second-round pick, and he's yeah. going to become an all-pro guy. Yeah, and extremely versatile in being able to play three different positions on the offensive line. So you, you can get guys. Uh, it's almost like everybody thinks if somebody's not a first round draft pick, they're not going to be any good. To me, it's the first four rounds you got to look at. Those are where you should get your quality starters. Fifth round, if they make it, they're a special teamer. Sixth and seventh round, throw a dart at the dartboard. You're yeah. you're hoping to find a diamond in the rough. You're hoping at some point, or you're just filling camp bodies at, at that point. Yeah. So. Then, I was going to say, Seattle's definitely taking advantage of that Russell Wilson trade. Charles mm-hmm. Cross, Kenneth Walker, Abraham Lucas, Tyreek Woolen, uh, Witherspoon, and now the uh, in in Jigbra, uh, mm-hmm. definitely taking advantage of that Russell Wilson trade. Well, and you got to wonder what Denver's going to be able to do in the next few years. <laughs> they have to win now. Yeah, that's why they hired Sean Payton. Which you know, Sean Payton had a lot of seven and nine years with Drew Brees as his quarterback. I mean, seven, yeah, seven and nine, eight and eight, mm-hmm. yeah. So. And you gave up draft capital to get him, so now you you're, you dip twice into a well. And the the stories coming out about Russell Wilson having his own office on the coaches and executives floor, and and the prima donna treatment. And Sean Payton's like, nope, not having it. Not happening. So now you got a big cultural shift there, and I don't know that he can argue with a guy that's got a ring on his finger. Yeah, and Wilson wanted Sean uh, Sean Payton. I think. I think uh, at least he publicly said he, want, he apparently wanted him in Seattle. So that we'll, partially we'll what caused that breakup. <laughs> I just, I've never seen from Russell Wilson the accountability and the the acceptance of the fact that they won on his rookie contract and the yeah. team around him was really good, and he never progressed beyond that. He got paid a lot of money, and a lot he took a lot of sacks, and not all of them were on his offensive line. He ran around a lot and held yeah, on to the ball, the ball. He to make the big play down the yeah. field rather than just take what was there. And unpopular opinion, because I know, well, not, I guess, opinion of him has shifted quite a bit the last couple of years, but I've always, I, I've honestly felt that the whole Russell Wilson act was a bit phony. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think he, I think people see through him and it, it's a very cultivated, very uh, calculated image. And it, it just, I don't know. He's just, I always think of, when I think of a quarterback, I think of a guy, who do I want on his own 20, a minute and a half to go, one timeout, who do I want to drive when you're down by four? And he just never struck me as that guy. He strikes me as a guy that's kind of into being a celebrity and kind of being into Russell Wilson and the whole Broncos country let's ride debacle that he did last year, I think is indicative of who he is. He didn't come in and and earn it with his team. He just kind of came in and and got Nathaniel uh, Nathaniel Hackett fired pretty quick. And oh, get the high knees and the uh, yeah. 
All yeah, the high knees in the airplane. <laughs> yeah, just just an odd dude. And I, I think at some point talent is great, but you need somebody that your team rallies around and your team believes in. And uh, well, we'll see how he does this year because if it doesn't happen this year, then you get some serious problems there because you don't have any draft capital and it's going to be a five- to six-year rebuild before you're any good again in a tough division. The Chargers, you know it's not going to be quarterback because they have Herbert already and he's mm-hmm. a very talented quarterback, hence why they're drafting 21. So wide receiver, tight end, two positions they could use help with, and they go wide receiver, Quentin Johnson from TCU. Had some drop issues. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it, Dropping the ball was a concern, but I know he had a big 70-yard catch and run against Michigan and the – in the end of the college football playoff semifinal game, 6'4", 6'3", uh, somewhere in there, 220, big guy, uh, 208. He's uh, mm-hmm. listed about 220 in college, but 208. And he's a guy that can definitely uh, uh, be a good asset to a wide receiver core where you have an aging Keenan Allen and a never-able-to-stay-healthy Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Williams is disappointing. He's got a 40-inch vertical. He's got good height on him. He's got size and speed. That That's not a bad pickup for them. I Maybe, again, another guy that, and I think we're going to see this as the these picks continue, guys that are maybe second round on somebody's board or third round on somebody's board, and then we're going to see a, a another team reach up and take them in the first round because they like them better. There's just a bunch of people now that uh, somebody likes, somebody doesn't like. He's got sub four or five speed. He's not necessarily a burner burner, but he's got a guy who's uh, who's got some ability to yeah, help them. Speed. Yeah, and he can play. And and yeah. we saw that with Watson last year. I think he's a, a comparison to Christian Watson fairly significantly. A guy who went in this high second round, but in this year's draft, maybe it's not a bad pick for the Chargers. I just nope. there, you talk about another coach who you have a franchise quarterback there and. You just haven't gotten a whole lot done with Justin Herbert. And I really thought, truthfully, I thought Sean Payton would wait and take that job because I'm I think that's going to be open. They, I'm surprised they kept Staley around knowing Sean Payton wanted to come back. Yeah, it just that was a little surprising. And, and Payton, I think, next year would not have any compensation or the compensation would be less. So that would well, be exciting. Yeah, and I don't think the Saints would have had to – well, I should say, I don't think the Saints would have been able to get any draft picks. I think he was going to be, I think it, I think his contract was up after um, 2023, if I'm not mistaken. So, okay. So that would have, and, and for Peyton, you would want to go someplace where they don't have to compensate the Saints. Because then you're, you're not losing the draft picks you're going to lose. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to go take a look at Detroit Lions Twitter and see what they're thinking with their picks. Oh, I'm sure that's going to be a fun, fun <laughs> read. Oh, um, well, one person loved the picks. Uh, Um, does Dan does Campbell change the defense more than Cancy? GIF of somebody nodding and then shaking his head no. Um, this is why I trust Campbell, he's got heart. Can we trade the Ford family? 
Two excellent second-round picks today by the Lions. Say what? You mean it's round one today? Ah, crap. <laughs> not as fun, not as many fun ones as Green Bay, but I think we would have been happy with Jalen Carter and Jack Campbell, but maybe that's just me. At least tomorrow's Friday. Well, and a lot of these, this draft may be defined by your second and third and even into the fourth round picks because there may be just as good a players left on the board after today as there were that went in certainly the bottom 20 picks here. There's some, some reaches, and it may be that we, we look back on this in a couple of years and say, A, it's either a terrible draft overall, or B, there were good picks in the second and third rounds that are just as good that came off the board on Friday night as came off the board on Thursday. Yeah. Of course, you have to go another commercial to figure out when the next pick's coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just replying to somebody on Twitter that was, is it true that he only was even a starter at Iowa and had seven sacks all year? Uh, whatever, is this true? I was like, yeah, he, I gotta go, he's, he's another one like Gary. You draft that potential you can get from him if he puts it all together. Well, and sometimes you're you're not only drafting on potential, but you're drafting on guys that that aren't um, don't have a lot of wear and tear on them. That at some point you want somebody that can come in and, and play that isn't beat up and nagging injuries and nagging injuries and things that just cumulatively shorten their career. And granted, it, it's a short career anyway. But the difference between a four year starter and a guy that starts eight to nine years, boy, when you can pencil somebody in. And if this kid can be another Gary, then Van Ness is a great pick because Preston Smith is probably gone in a year or two and, and certainly has the ability to fall off a cliff. I was looking the other day comparing TJ Watt stats to his brothers and he signed a big contract and that's terrific and he's been a great player, but he's right at the point where JJ Watt just fell off the cliff and it was one injury after another injury after another injury and all those years of double-digit sacks just went away. And he just became a guy that was in the tub a lot. Yeah. Some other Lions reaction. Again, Lions are killing the second round picks. Too bad it's the first. I'm stunned, confused, a little heartbroken, disappointed, lost. Um, who is blackmailing Brad Holmes? What a resume. Best 1986, 1986 draft ever. What if we picked first rounders in the first round? That'd be cool. Uh, biggest reach I've ever seen. This is about Campbell. Mm-hmm. Please tell me Holmes will be fired. These picks are inexcusable. First pick was kind of WTF. Candle pick is fire. You want great players that love the game. Dude is a effing, uh, freaking beast. WTF are we doing? So, uh, you know, again, the co- the 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 team sees somebody or something in these guys. Mm-hmm. That they they like. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for me, the one pick the Packers have had that really made me uh, want to put punch my hand through the TV, which I would never do because I don't want to buy a new TV. But was Harrow from Tennessee back in I want to say it was two thousand and eight. But Justin Harrow from Tennessee, or maybe it was two thousand seven. That picked him right around uh, fifteen, and that was a. Or they know it was like 22, so it wasn't 2007. But either way, that was a pick that was just a what-are-you-doing pick. Like, absolutely re- 
ridiculous pick. So, um, now you got the uh, Ravens on the clock. Looks like their pick is in. <laughs> I think Don's reacting to uh, the Lions uh, pick here. Hashtag William Horlick curse. So, I wonder if that's what he's referring to when I was going through the Lions picks here. <laughs> oh, goodness. Goodness. All right. Now, the Ravens have had a busy day. They signed uh, Lamar Jackson to a five-year contract, 250-ish million dollars, and uh, 182 guaranteed. They've also got 15 million guaranteed going out to OBJ, who's coming off a year where he didn't play, and uh, and an ACL, his second ACL injury yeah. on that knee. I think one of his knees doesn't even have an ACL anymore. I thought I heard. Yes, and Dave played on Powers, it. so wide receiver, so they're getting a nice little slot guy who can also – um, small guy, but mm -hmm. got some running skills there, can catch the football. We'll see if he's able to uh, match up well against uh, – see if he can match up well against NFL-quality defensive backs. And mm -hmm. Out of Boston College, 5'9", 182 pounds. He uh, – it'll be interesting to see. They, they have a new offensive coordinator there. Greg Roman is out. And now you've got uh, Todd Munkin coming in from Georgia where he's been uh, – the offensive coordinator with some serious success in the uh, in the uh, college ranks for the last couple of years. So now you get uh, another weapon with along with Odell Beckham Jr. to uh, have Lamar Jackson throw to and maybe eliminate his uh, his excuses of not having anybody to throw to. I don't know if you see what I just put on the screen there, but that's from uh, Don Lyons. They're going to run the wishbone. <laughs> oh mercy! Well, I guess it's better than the single wing. So yeah. Yeah, I think they're probably the – they're one team that really has me um, totally confused on what they're doing. Um, I don't understand that move at all. Um, wait As we wait for the Vikings to pick, other picks that I really wonder about, um, you know, Gibbs for the Lions. Uh, we mentioned Detroit. Will McDonald, the Jets drafting him in round number one at 15 when he's a second round pick that confused me washington taking emmanuel forbes and he still had gonzalez on the board you still had uh porter on the board still had that kid from maryland on the board uh banks who tested extremely well jack campbell head scratching pick tampa bay taking Canty from uh pitt doesn't really fit what they do defensively i don't understand that at all um zay flowers I guess you're getting a wide receiver to help uh, kind of be well, – they're comparison him to Tyree Kill, which I don't think anybody can compare to Tyree Kill personally. No, and, and he's a small – he's a slot guy. So you're – okay. Yeah. And OBJ is uh, – you put $15 million into that. I think you're yeah. trying to eliminate uh, any excuses from Lamar Jackson. But yeah. you guaranteed him $180 million. You're stuck with him for four years. Yeah, but you – you still had other options on the board than uh, than Flowers uh, at receiver. Maybe not first-round talent, but, you know, Flowers had the first-round talent, just doesn't have the first-round body style. Um, some possibilities, according to CBS Sports, good fits for the Vikings, which I think are definitely fit. Deontay Banks from Maryland, Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, and mm -hmm. then Jordan Addison from USC, they lost Adam Thielen this year. He's now in Carolina. 
catching balls from C.J. Uh, Stroud now. So they could definitely use another wide receiver opposite Jefferson. And then you got to decide you have very limited cap resources in Minnesota right now. And a wide receiver in Jefferson that's going to demand a lot of money. Dollars. Years. Well, and that's where I wonder if you're you're at the point where you're ready to move on from Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Cousins has, what, one year left on his contract and then yeah. he's a free agent? And this is where Will Levis could have fallen to. And if it, if it, if Will Levis falls here to Minnesota and he's, he's a serviceable starter, Minnesota had a good draft. It yeah. just fell to them. Or they go with uh, Hendon Hooker and and hope that he is the answer there. I hope the Vikings take Hooker. That would be so Minnesota of them to do that. <laughs> it would it would be I, I the age thing and the injury thing bother me a little bit with him, and and coming out of a, a really uh, unique offense is is probably the third difficulty with him. But he's overcome a. Some adversity. I think there's some grit to the young man. Yeah. I, I'll be curious to see who replaces him in Tennessee. It's Joe Milton, who's probably going to end up being the starting quarterback there. And how well does he end up being a quarterback? Because he was he beat him out originally. Yeah. And then but got I, hurt. I'm just not taking him at 23. No, but do you <laughs> trade back a little bit? Or is it Levis? Levis is, I mean, some people were talking about him yesterday as possibly the first quarterback out of the draft. And he's yeah. doing an Aaron Rodgers-esque fall to – uh, I would do Levis because Hooker is a uh, in a prototypical draft year. He's a third round pick, yes, a fourth round pick. He's not a first round pick, and you you reach on quarterback because you get that oh. fifth year. But he's not he Hooker's not a first round prospect. No, no, and and the rules have changed with the fifth yeah. round option. But uh, but yeah, there's there's guys here now that. There's probably our, our next couple of picks here are not going to be worthy of first round picks. And and you've got some teams like Jacksonville and New York Giants that are drafting this late that are not that good at teams. Like they shouldn't be this deep. They got into the playoffs. That's great. But they've got some holes on their team that they need to continue to build. And you're going to be taking guesses at people now. Hopefully you get a hit. More than likely, you're going to end up with some people you scratch your head two years later and go, why? what were we thinking? What were we trying to do there? Yeah, but Vikings defensive line, not really any prospects left for uh, maybe uh, uh, Breeze from Clemson, 6'5", 298 defensive linemen. Mm -hmm. uh, Minnesota can use some help there up front. Uh, corner is a position they could desperately need. The defense of Minnesota was atrocious last year. Oh, brutal. Of course, when you hire at Donatello to run your defense, you can ask any Packer fan. They can tell you he is not a, def a good defensive coordinator at all. He must so, be one heck of an interview because, uh, yeah, his yeah. resume is, is not resume great. Is not good, no. And no, Joe and Barry has a good interview, too, because he still has a job. <laughs> yeah, after going 0-16 with the Lions, yeah, you kind of think you'd be toxic, but uh, somehow, some way. I think Joe Barry has a future in car selling used cars after he's mm -hmm. done in the NFL. Or Amway, whichever, yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got a couple of teams. Well, we got Philadelphia's now got the 30th pick, the second-to-last pick in this abbreviated draft, so they've got a second pick coming up. Then you got Jacksonville and the Giants. Mm -hmm. um, the Giants were a team that wanted wide receiver. Um, the top three are now off the board. Or, yeah, the top three. And I know Flowers is a stretch. You have Hyatt, who is probably more of a late, middle to later second round pick, but he could jump up if the Giants want to go that route. 
Jordan Addison if the Vikings don't take him is there. Um, or the Giants might have to wait till tomorrow. You can get Josh Downs, Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, Cedric Tillman, Marvin Mims. So maybe there's other options tomorrow for the Jaguar. I mean, the Giants there. Jacksonville could use wide receiver. I mean, uh, not wide receiver. Uh, offensive line help. They're one of their big tackles is now suspended indefinitely for PED use. So they mm-hmm. can. Cam Robinson's out. Yep. yep. That's become a, a definitely a need not need position now. Yeah, there's some there's some good players on the board. Not necessarily great prospects, but Will Levis is still there. Nolan Smith, the maybe the linebacker. Take Nolan Smith. They uh, yeah. they lost a uh, linebacker uh, this year. I, I, I'm not sure where he went, but they did lose a linebacker this year. So maybe Nolan Smith comes in to replace him. He's another guy that is uh, undersized. But mm-hmm. freak athletes can run sideline to sideline, and he—I've seen him compared to Micah Parsons a little bit in regards mm-hmm. to what you can do with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, similar type of player. Big yeah. Parsons a little bigger, but Giants I know don't need a tight end or don't think they do. They signed Darren Waller. They traded for him from the Raiders, yeah. which but you can still take one just because he is injury prone guy. Oof. So. Get a yeah. nice second number two tight end in there. Yeah, and he's a, a bit of a hybrid. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. He, uh, I, I think his. I'm, I'm a little concerned with with what he's gone through in his personal life and his issues early on in his career that prevented him from blossoming. That he may be over. I think his body is just older yeah. than it really is, and and he hasn't played much the last two years. So, yeah. Packers but, almost had him, but the uh, Raiders decided not to move him. Yeah, and and, then, he, and he didn't do anything last year. It was all hamstring related and, and yeah. problems with that. And it, it, at a certain age, you just some guys just age quickly. And I think he lived a pretty hard life in, in his early twenties, and that's coming back to haunt him now. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I'm not don't have the sound out on my TV because the Vikings are doing that stupid skull chant. So I'm kind of glad oh, I don't have it out. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and the Vikings select drum roll. See, they come up with added a wide receiver. Jordan Addison, just another guy mentioned uh, that uh, CBS Sports had as a possibility for him uh, as potential for position in need. Jacksonville could use defensive back help as well. Mm -hmm. I know I mentioned uh, uh, offensive line help, but they could also use some defensive back help as well. Um, Interior offensive line, but I don't think you go there at this point. Breeze maybe from Clemson, get some defensive line help. But corner, you still have Banks on the board, still have Porter Jr. on the board. Uh, so definitely guy guys you could get. You don't need a wide receiver with Ridley now being eligible to play. So he adds to what they already had. Trevor Lawrence took big strides his first year at Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Running back's a strong position, but there's also not any at this spot to take. So we'll see what Jacksonville does. Yeah, they're, I think they're a team that, that is not particularly deep with quality players. So it's it's really your adage of take the best quality player that's out there because you probably have a need somewhere. Oh, with trade it. alert. Jacksonville's trading. I know. This could be interesting. Somebody's trading back in. Dallas is at, sitting at 26. Giants don't need a tight end. Giants are moving up one pick. Giants are moving up one pick. I never understood the I got to move up one pick got, uh, position to get somebody. I but, think what it is, you have somebody targeted, and 
you've talked to Jacksonville and said, hey, if somebody else comes in interest, and it may be somebody that the Giants, they're looking for somebody to leapfrog them. You got Giants, Bills, Bengals, Saints, Philadelphia, and Chiefs left in this first round. Yep, and Jack. I mean, Giants need corner help. I mentioned wide receiver, uh, interior offensive line. Um, they could always do a tight end because doesn't hurt to have another tight end with, as you mentioned before, just not too long ago, Waller's injury history. So, and if the Giants want, and if you're Jacksonville, if the Giants want somebody that you don't want, that's great. Trade up, pick up something, even if it's just a fifth round pick that you take a yeah. stab on, maybe you get lucky or you use that pick to package and move your second or third rounder up a little bit and get something else you want. Yeah. So I mentioned uh, Banks and Porter Jr. still on the board um, for potential corner uh, back positions. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him, but uh, Brian Branch, you mentioned with the Patriots, he's still on the board. Other corners still on the board. I got to scroll down to where I have them listed. Um, not really any first round options right now outside of Banks and uh, Porter Jr. Um, safety, there's really not a first round option at safety. I don't consider a branch of safety, even though that's what he's listed at. Mm-hmm. I think he's more of a nickel corner. We can play kind of, kind of all over the place, but he's a guy that didn't test well. Um, defensive line. There's really not a ton um, in the first round currently for defensive line. Um, Carter is gone. You still have Brian Brees uh, potentially there. A couple guy from Northwestern who's probably more of a second-round pick. He's still hanging around. Mm -hmm. I can't pronounce the name, so that's why I'm not trying. Oh, I'm not even trying that one. (laughs) (laughs) I might call someone's mom a bad word if I try to say that. Yeah, double A, that's all that's good for me. (laughs) Um, He's still around, so. We got got some interesting teams coming up. You've got Dallas, and I know they franchise-tagged Tony Powell. But you've got Dallas, you've got uh, New Orleans, who I think is going to be needing a running back because I think there's going to be some fallout for them with uh, Alvin Kamara's Las Vegas visit. Yeah. And you've got uh, Buffalo. So you have Buffalo, Dallas, and New Orleans that could all use running backs, and there is nothing on the first round that even suggests remotely. I think we had a reach with the Lions. So uh, there's nothing to go for there. So that kind of is a position of need that, is going to have, I would think, going to have to be unfulfilled for them, or it's going to be a massive reach. But both, all three of those teams need to add a running back to remain competitive. Yeah. So comparison here, um, the RAS score that I was mentioning, relative athletic score, um, Lucas Van Ness. I just saw this posted. He pretty much matches Nick Bosa um, for his RAS score. He's similar. Uh, he's taller, mm-hmm. six five to six three. Um, bench. He only benched uh, two twenty five seventeen times, as opposed to twenty nine from Bosa. And his vertical is thirty one. But how often is a defensive end doing a vertical leap anyway? His forty time was a four five eight, faster than Bosa. Ten yard split was a one five seven. Very good. Broad jump was nine ten. Shuttle was a 4-3-2, and three-cone drill was a 7-0-2. Numbers you like when it comes to his arms are 34 compared to Bosa's 33. His hands are 11 inches compared to Bosa's 
uh, 10.75, so not a big gap there. Definitely numbers you want in regards to an uh, athlete. Mm -hmm. I had an opportunity to see him play a little bit this year, and they uh, he he's capable. He has the ability, I think, down the road to take over games. He's got that kind of of dominance, but he's young, and you know, seventeen reps at two twenty five. You'd like him twenty five and up. But Bosa was a fully grown, fully developed player coming out of Ohio State. This guy's a redshirt sophomore that has some room to grow. Yeah. Looks like Brian Dable and his crew are happy. Looks like their pick is in for the New York Brian football Dable Giants. Great job by the Giants. After hit swinging and missing at that uh, coach position, uh, Ben McAdoo, Judge, uh, they finally seem to have Pat Shermer. Coach. Yeah, yeah. Shermer. I, I forget about him intentionally sometimes. That's how bad he was. <laughs> yeah, this this could be interesting, and, and we'll see if he can duplicate and have that division is is a is a division that uh, strangely hovers right around five hundred for a lot of the teams, and nobody's terribly bad, nobody's terribly good, and then somebody gets hot in the playoffs, and you have a a nine and seven Giants team led by Eli Manning win a Super Bowl. It's just uh, they tend to knock each other down a little bit. And then come playoff time, somehow occasionally get a spark and go from there. Although Jerry Jones has seemed to miss out on that since 1996. Yeah. Something fierce. Yeah, I do remember the story where they pretty much uh, pinned Jerry Jones against the wall so they wouldn't take uh, Johnny Manziel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ended up taking, I think, Zach Martin, uh, offensive guard from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not a sexy pick, but a guy who's just you pencil into your lineup and leave him there for ten years, and yeah. and yeah, they they had three first round draft picks and Lael Collins, who would have been had it not been for that smoking incident. And no, the, Collins know. wasn't that. He was uh, the police were investigating. Oh, that's right, they were investigating yeah. interest for a homicide, which he literally yeah. had nothing to do with. Yante Banks is the giant. So corner they needed, corner they got. Yeah, so ended up being nothing. And next thing you know, he doesn't get drafted. And I think he's in Cincinnati now or yes. what. Yep. Uh, I can't remember if they cut him or not. I know he had some injury issues once again, which has kind of been his issue in Dallas was injuries. Mm -hmm. Nicked up a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so the Giants pick up a corner. That'll help him solidify. So Jacksonville, we mentioned corner. Well, one's off the board. Uh, Brees is still on the board as a D lineman. Branch and Porter Jr. is still there. They don't need a tight end. They franchise-tagged Evan Ingram, who kind of had a career reassur a resurgence in Jacksonville this year with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. Mm -hmm. um, they could use some interior offensive line help, but like I said, there's really not anybody there, interior offensive line, um, that you'd go for. But there is one name that I wonder if somebody would reach for, and that is... Um, from Wisconsin, he's listed as a center, um, Joe Tipperman. He could be a guy you see taken here late in the second round for a team that is offensive line needy. Mm -hmm. Well, and this could be somebody loves somebody, somebody jumps into it. Philadelphia doesn't have a lot of needs. I still think they, they're going to continue to shore up their defense. They're getting long in the tooth, and they're also uh, – they're also getting uh, getting expensive at times, yeah. and, and they've had some losses there already. 
and they've got to get some young blood on that defense to stay competitive, or they're going to be uh, Philly's got the like uh, Buffalo's up now. Buffalo's up at twenty-five. Then we got Dallas, Jacksonville, and then one team before. So Jacksonville traded again. So, yeah, Jacksonville decided to do a double trade, apparently. So, Joey Porter uh, listed as an option. Brian Brees, Drew Sanders, linebacker from Arkansas, originally from Alabama. Uh, didn't get a lot of playing time at Bama for various uh, reasons. They're a very deep team. Went to Arkansas, had a very solid uh, season at Arkansas before going pro this year. That could be had there. I think wide receiver is a position. Buffalo could definitely upgrade, but once again, there's not really a lot of first-round options left. There's no first-round options left at that position. So it would be a big reach if you take a receiver there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Jacksonville's traded down now twice. So they were, were originally pegged in at 24. Now they're going to be at 27 if they stay there, which was the Bills pick. But that's not a bad set of moves for them if they're picking up depth pieces then. They're picking up more guys that give them the opportunity to just have more people available and and build that second half of your roster and, and clean it up a little bit. And you'd mentioned earlier that that uh, John Lynch gets all the credit and uh, seems to be impervious to uh, criticism. But Jacksonville, uh, their GM just seems to take – Trent Balky, uh, ever since his problems in uh, getting along with Jim Harbaugh, has just uh, developed a nasty reputation. Yeah, and, I know that was partially why Brian Leftwich didn't want to go to Jacksonville was because of Balky there. Peterson took it, but uh, that, and that turned out well for Jacksonville. Yeah, and turned out very badly for Brian Leftwich, who who uh, Thought he was all that, and and now uh, got a rude awakening because he's out of a job and in, in uh, Tampa Bay, and yeah. uh, turned out to be not quite the offensive coordinator everybody thought he was. But a good pickup by Bulky to get Doug Peterson to come in and and uh, turn him around pretty quickly there from the debacle they had with Urban Meyer. We'll see who the Bills pick. The Bills must have found somebody they like, and they must have wanted to move up to get them because they think Dallas can uh, can jump and do yeah. that. So Dallas's Dallas's biggest needs: interior offensive line, safety, defensive line, linebacker. So maybe they wanted Drew Sanders. Uh, wanted to jump ahead and get him. Could be. They wanted Brian uh, Reese uh, from Clemson. Wanted to jump ahead and go get him. Entirely possible. Uh, One-tenth of a percent chance that Will Levis would be available to pick 25, according to uh, ESPN Analytics. I'm guessing mom, girlfriend, and maybe sister joining them in the, well, green room, I guess we're calling it. Green room of sorts, yeah. (laughs) Even though it's the lobby of Grand Central Station. I hope you didn't need to catch a train today. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, I heard it's just a massive crowd. Uh, Somebody that I volunteer with for a an organization that uh, supports people in relief is doing barbecue there today. And uh, it's uh, just massive crowds. Just uh, they're saying it. uh, I think somebody said, and I don't know if they were joking or not, because I only half heard it, 
that there was going to be a uh, it, like half of the people that live in Kansas will be attending the NFL draft over the next three days. So they're expecting a massive turnout of people. Yeah, I'm which gonna, is great. Yeah, I'm going to jump to the Vikings page and see what uh, people are saying about their pick. <laughs> yeah, Green Bay is rumored in a couple years to be in the bidding. I forget which year, um, potentially for uh, the NFL draft, and that would be huge in Green Bay to bring that. Oh, in. be massive! Well, and and what a weather's usually better this time of year, so. Uh, to give it to a team that maybe isn't going to be at the top of your list for Super Bowls uh, would not be the worst thing in the world. And it's a it's a fun event for fans. They've built this into a uh, into quite an experience. Yeah, one comment that I most of the comments on the Vikings for the Addison pick are good. Mm-hmm. But one that stands out that I had to chuckle at. Can't wait for Kirk to ignore ignore him on fourth and eight. Well, and that that might have been replacing Thielen because you just couldn't afford Thielen yeah. and Jefferson. Yeah, but there's the, they ignored uh, Jefferson on fourth and eight in that uh, playoff yes. game. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Buffalo is up and selecting Goodell back to the podium. Reading uh, the, card. the first tight end comes off the board. Dalton yep, Kincaid. So very good receiving tight end. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks kind of uh, standing with his family. He looks kind of small. Overall, he is. He's not the biggest guy, although they list him at close to what the other top tight ends are. But he's 6'4, 246. But he, uh, he's a vertical threat, stretch the center of the field. He's a receiving tight end. He's more of, truthfully, at, uh, almost 6'4. He's an H back type. Yeah, one person unhappy wants uh, them to fire the GM because Levis was right there <laughs> for Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Levis could drop out of the first round here. I think somebody will jump into the first round to take him, though, at this point. You get, you know, you'd rather get him for that five years. Um, mm-hmm. Lock him in. Lock him in for that five year option and uh, only have the four year. He was a, a top, some of the uh, people had him listed as a top quarterback in this draft. I didn't, but some had him listed as a top quarterback in this draft and he's still sitting there. It is kind of Aaron Rodgers 2.0 in regards to the mm-hmm. way he's falling. I know Alex Smith was the only other quarterback in that draft that was taken before him, but it is really turning into that. Yeah, a little bit different era. Quarterbacks weren't overdrafted the way they are now, but yeah, I think this is a shocker that he's he's lasted, lasted in the low 20s, and, and this begs the question is, you look at the teams that are still here, nobody's really quarterback needy now. Does somebody else jump in? You've got You've got the Tennessee Titans who are, are going to ride with Ryan Tannehill now, and they tried to draft somebody in the third round last year out of Liberty, Malik Willis, and and he was so brutal they signed Joshua Dobbs, and he like started him after he'd been there four days, and he looked better. And I know Joshua Dobbs is a really smart guy, uh, former uh, aeronautical engineering student, but, man, to throw a guy in that quick and he looks okay, compared to somebody who's been with you the entire time, suggests maybe he is not NFL ready. Uh, the Colts got their guy. Okay, fine. That There's a lot of other teams with maybes, from the Raiders to the Bucks to the Seahawks, the Lions, Rams, Commanders. Uh, the Commanders are still uh, – that Sam Howell commitment is still head-scratching to me, even more so than Desmond Ritter with uh, the Falcons. Texans 
got their quarterback. Minnesota could use one, and Falcons with Desmond Ritter. I don't know if he's the long-term answer or, or if they're looking ahead to 2024. Cowboys are now on the clock. Yeah, we'll see this possibly be another trade-down option uh, potentially here for the Cowboys if the guy they want isn't there. Uh, we have we have to assume at a certain level that the Bills at least thought the Cowboys were going after Kincaid out of Utah yeah. at the tight end. So is it Michael Mayer from uh, Notre Dame, who's more of the, the traditional tight end, a blocker, or is it Luke Musgrave from Oregon State with the wide wingspan? Yeah, Musgrave would be a bit of a reach in the first, but we've seen it happen today numerous yeah. times. And it's Jerry Jones. Running back so. from Alabama. Who knows? And maybe this is where the Cowboys trade out and go back down yeah. into the second round. And maybe the Arkansas connection with Jerry Jones, they take Drew Sanders. Entirely possible. He does love Arkansas, you know. <laughs> the former Razorback does love his team. Yeah. But Branch and uh, Brian, I don't know if it's, I think it's uh, Brace or Breesey still on mm-hmm. the board. And now they're comparing Meyer to uh, Witten, so ESPN's hoping it's uh, Meyer. <laughs> I think Witten's a, a little bit better receiver, or was yeah. certainly coming out, but Mayer could develop. But he's a, he's a good two-way tight end where he can block and give you some receiving threat there. Let's see who's at the top of the second round. You've got the Steelers or have the first pick in the second round from Chicago. Houston's still there. Arizona, Indianapolis, the Rams get their first pick at 36. And I, I'm willing to bet that they are excited that uh, unless somebody leaps up and jumps over them, they may have a shot at Levis uh, at 36, which had to, would have to be just a dream scenario for them to get somebody of his talent in a draft without uh, significant real genuine first-round uh, picks to be able to pick him up in the second round would be a blessing so you're not looking at that third and fourth and fifth rounders. Yeah, McCarthy, for the uh, image they showed uh, in the Cowboys' war room, McCarthy and Jones look like they're having a uh, discussion. I wonder if they're debating on a couple, couple options there. McCarthy probably wanting mayor. Uh well, and he did come out and say he wanted to run the ball more. Yeah. And and basically, regardless of what you call it, let Kellen Moore go and say, yeah. we, want, we want to run the ball. Definitely do or die for McCarthy in Dallas this year. This is going to mm-hmm. be truly his offense this season. Um, he uh, started out as a good play caller in Green Bay, and then that kind of went away um, late in his tenure. His offense got very stale very quickly. He's had Kellen Moore calling the offense his first couple years there in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Who he inherited. He, who he inherited. He was forced mm-hmm. to keep him. And now he uh, um, has a new offensive coordinator in Dallas. Uh, uh, he's going to be calling the plays. McCarthy will be. We'll see mm-hmm. uh, how that goes. And I chuckle when he said McCarthy wants to run the ball more because he always he always said that same thing in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Every, after every game where they only ran the ball like five times, well, we had eight carries or no, whatever. We got to want, we got to run the ball better. We got to run and, the ball more. Then Lafleur Le Le has inherited that as well too. Well, yeah, but he's, I think he's been guilty of it at times. I think a lot out. of that is his quarterback checking out of uh, can plays too. Yes, we'll see yep. 
how that works this year. I think the Packers are going to run the ball a lot more this year. But McCarthy is one that I always talked about and never did, mm-hmm. where uh, the floor, you look back to what he did in Tennessee, even mm-hmm. he's been one that I always want. He, he likes running the football and ba- yep. uh, basing everything off that run action. Mm-hmm. The Sean McKay. Yeah. 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 The whole, the whole thing. And, and I, 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 my biggest challenge with McCarthy when he was with the Packers, Al Davis said it once when he was the owner of the uh, the Raiders, he said, coaches, 10 years, that's it. He got rid of John Madden. He got rid of who won a Super Bowl. He got rid of uh, Tom Flores, the first minority head coach to win a Super Bowl, who won two Super Bowls. He gave him 10 years. Yeah. He felt like the voice gets tired at a certain point. And Bill Walsh felt that way too. McCarthy, well, and Bill Walsh was a disciple of Al Davis's. Uh, it, at some point, you look at McCarthy's career, if he'd left after year 10, it might have been a different story that's written about him. Definitely grew stale in Rogers' ear. <laughs> yes. So let's see who the Cowboys pick from the good old Jerry state. Jones, tight end or linebacker. Neither. Oh, Nancy Smith out of Michigan, another guy that's second round, third round guy. Second, yeah, late second. He's strong as he's strong as hell. He's big, you know, defensive lineman, strong as hell. But is he really the first round pick here? Probably not. No, he's he's six three, three twenty three. I mean, Mel Kuyper had him sliding back into the the first round. Yeah. And I, I gotta know. wonder if this was a this was a conversation. He's young, he's only twenty one. He's a big dude, 300, almost 340 pounds. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Wasn't high on him as a first-round pick, I guess, at this point. And the way the draft boards are for everybody, just being mm-hmm. a not a strong draft with first-round talent, I guess, mm-hmm. why not take a reach? Yeah, or maybe you like something about him. And and, and I think maybe there are guys like Mazzy Smith is a prime example. He's 6'3". He's only got 30, he's under 34 inches on his arms. Maybe he's off some team's draft boards or he's a, he could easily be a third round grade with somebody and somebody else has him as a first rounder. And it's just, what do you like? What do you value? What do you think? And we may have some guys that in the third round this year that end up being quality starters. Yeah. So does Jackson do the, do the hat trick? Do they trade back for a third time? May trade themselves completely out of this round. Yeah, because you got to think uh, quarterback needy teams might be looking to get back into that first round. I know there's um, really nobody, er, you know, left in the first round that's going to take a quarterback. But nope, early nope. second round though. Yeah, and and the Rams are sitting there. I mean, you look at the quarterback needy teams are no longer there in the second round. At the top of it, you got Pittsburgh with the first pick of the second round, Houston. They got their guy. True, yeah. Arizona Cardinals had a chance at it, at a quarterback and decided not Twice. to. And then <laughs> uh, the yeah. Colts the Colts picked up a quarterback, so they're yeah. not going to get one. So the Rams are sitting pretty, and you get to 41 with the Titans is probably the next team that wants a quarterback. So maybe they're hoping somebody drops to them, and yeah. the Titans are betting that. Green Bay is sitting in pretty good position. They're at 42 and 45 in the second round. So they've got the ability to move up if there's somebody they really like more so than others. But we'll see. Philadelphia's pick 30 will be interesting. That's kind of a 
luxury pick for them and the Chiefs as well too. They're both pretty good rosters. So now you're really looking for depth pieces yeah. or and I know the Steelers pick will be tomorrow, but that's technically uh that's kind of in a way a first round pick too. Mm-hmm. Often mm-hmm. getting their stripped. Right. Not with the fifth year option, but yeah, you're getting the thirty second yeah. player available. So yeah, it's I'm I'm not sure where they go. Cincinnati keeps throwing people at the offensive line. Tight end the position of need for them too. So maybe they mm-hmm. go tight end corner, they could Use some help. Eli Apple gets burned a lot. Talk about burned apple pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely they got to get younger on that part, that side of the ball. Yeah, and the Saints have to get younger just in general. They're yeah. for they're for a, a mid range team. They're just a seven and nine old team waiting to happen. Yeah. Well, and I don't know how they got the money to get um to get Carr, but they're a team too. Um, and I I'm not. I pay attention to the salary cap, but overall, I don't really care too much because the, there's only one, like for Green Bay, for example, there's literally only one per, two people that know exactly what the salary cap is for the Packers, mm-hmm. and that's Russ Ball and uh, Brian Gutenkus. Like, we don't know the language in these contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Saints are at, they figured out how to get up to 14 million in cap space somehow um this year but the last three or four years there's they're uh very over the cap each and every mm-hmm. year next year they're projected 42 million over the cap once again 2025 they're finally at 54 under but in order to get under in 2024 that 2025 number is probably going to be mm-hmm. much significant less than than that so the Saints have, for the last like four or five years, have been doing a lot of gymnastics to mm-hmm. be camp compliant, let alone bring people in. So, yeah, they definitely have to get younger if they want to uh, build a football team that can compete at a um, high level. And, and you've got an you've too. got an old quarterback, and you've got a terrible contract for Taysom Hill. Yeah, he's that massively overpaid for a gadget guy. Yeah, he's not a quarterback, but you paid him like a quarterback and mm-hmm. had to redo his contract. So he's got a lot of dead money if you were to get rid of him. Right. So he's sealed in there and you're going to have him. And then you've got what do you do with Jameis Winston? Is Taysom Hill your backup? Like, what, how does that all happen? And, and truthfully, Derek Carr, he's had some nice seasons. He's never gotten his, he's never won in the playoffs. Nope. And Carr had a very subpar year last year. Yeah. So Mike Mel Kuyper's best five, Levis, Smith, Porter Jr., Murphy, and Harrison. Murphy dropping surprising. I thought he was top 15 talent. Yeah, there's Clemson players, ACC, competition level. You know, you think of Cleveland Farrell, who just signed with the uh, 49ers, who was, uh, I was think, the fourth overall Raiders, pick bro. with the Raiders. High-quality guys, great, but they just haven't produced – outstanding talent necessarily and, and it's maybe a little bit uh a little bit of a difference between an acc school and an scc school or just uh just a little bit different ball game week in and week out for them so we'll see what happens with that yeah. will levis seems to have a different girlfriend now yeah for a guy so, who's dropping hey maybe he uh changed out i don't know what's going maybe. on maybe <laughs> so it doesn't look like jacksonville is going for the hat trick in the first round 
They are making their selection finally after trading back twice, accumulating mm-hmm. other picks, and they take Antonio Anthony. Harrison, tackle from Oklahoma. He was climbing a lot of boards recently. Uh-huh. Offensive t- linemen, they needed offensive linemen help, especially with the suspension of uh, Robinson. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy that oh, you yeah. can punch in at right tackle, and you're mm-hmm. good to go. Yeah, big, strong, played in a passing offense, and uh, and not a, a great draft to trade back twice and still get the player that it looks like you wanted, and you got to protect uh, Trevor Lawrence. Tackle pole plays. I love that play. Yeah, you got to go. throwing his highlights, and they showed him pulling, and I like that. <laughs> Has spoken like a true former offensive lineman. True. I was never quick enough to pull those, so they never trusted me with doing that. Yeah, but give that that's good. Protect your young quarterback, get him in play and keep him upright is not the worst thing in the world. And that's gotta be just disappointing news to find out right before the draft that Cam Robinson's gonna be out with uh PEDs. Yeah. But- the Bengals on the clock. I mentioned uh, before interior offensive line, safety, corner, tight end. Uh, you notice they didn't tr- go beyond uh, Cincinnati with their training back, though. Probably because they felt that uh, Cincinnati may be looking Cincinnati for an offensive lineman. Yeah. Yep. So I don't really. So I did mention the center from Wisconsin uh, as a, a, a quiet sleeper for. Jacksonville, the first time they traded, no, second time they traded back. But he's definitely a sleeper here um, for uh, Cincinnati for offensive line help. Pick is in. No no safeties off the board. Only a couple of wide receivers. Corner options are limited. Joey Porter is really about the only first-round talent corner Mm -hmm. left on the board. Um. Yeah, Nolan Smith, the outside linebacker, and Murphy from Clemson. Yep, they're are, still both there. They're dropping quite a bit. Uh, Drew Sanders is still there. Trenton Simpson, uh, Simpson from Clemson still there. Um, I saw him in a couple mocks, late first round, early second. Um, yeah, Porter, who Bleacher Report had as their second-rated corner, um, he's still there. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Pittsburgh does to lead off uh, first part of round two. I'm sure the phones will be working tonight and burning deep into the evening. Yeah, because Pittsburgh, say I don't really know for sure what they truly need. Like they needed offensive line help, and they got it. They could get younger on defense, like a corner right. on defensive line, a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, Murphy from Clemson would be perfect for them to put opposite of TJ Watt. Yeah, I think younger on defense has got to be their gist. Although their offensive line, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a, there's another body. I just don't know if you double dip that quickly, though, and you know, using taking one in the first and then first pick of the second. I don't know if you do that, do it that quickly, though. Maybe not. Maybe a corner. If well, and if Joey Porter Jr. is there, you got to take him. Yeah, Miles Murphy, Cincinnati, good pickup for them. Again, yeah. I'm surprised he's still there. He's top. He's top fifteen talent. Surprised he's still there. He's now off the board. Uh, 
going to a place where they need pass rushers in Cincinnati. They didn't generate a ton of pass rush uh, against Kansas City or, uh, um, yeah, against Kansas City in the uh, playoffs there, and they definitely could use some play, uh, pass rushing help. Yeah, good edge rusher, and for him to last this late in a kind of a mediocre draft is a bit surprising. Yeah, and the edge position was one that was actually – a pretty deep position uh, in this year's draft. There's actually one of the strong positions this year. So that's a good pickup for the Bengals, and it's nice to be drafting that late in the draft for a team that's uh, still relatively young. So yeah. That's healthy for them. Joe, Joey Burrow is going to get paid big-time money, though, after seeing what Jalen Hurts and uh-huh. uh, Lamar Jackson just got. Uh, Burrow's probably uh, can't wait for his payday. No, no, he's he's up and and has kind of revitalized the franchise in a way that that those two guys didn't. I mean, Baltimore was Baltimore was good when before Lamar Jackson got there. They'd been to a Super Bowl and uh, <laughs> and Jalen Hurts kind of fell into a good situation. So, yeah, yeah. Joe Burrow, though, has, has got there's a there's a charisma and a moxie there that I still don't understand how Justin Fields was picked ahead of him at Ohio State but I'm sure LSU is happy. Probably didn't fit what Ohio State did on offense, though. You know, Ohio State wants at that point. I'm trying to, you know, Fields was a guy who could extend mm-hmm. plays out of the pocket as a runner. And mm-hmm. uh, and Burrow, his first year as a starter in LSU, did not play well. I think we should no. kind of saw year one the why. Yeah. Year two as a starter, he just completely took off. And Right. And Joe Brady I, had a good year calling plays. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't expect Burrow to uh, make that kind of jump that we saw um, from the college into the NFL, to be perfectly honest. I was concerned mm-hmm. for the fact that, you know, before his senior year, he was basically lucky. He would be lucky to be drafted mm-hmm. number one overall pick. Yeah. I had, and- some, I had some concerns about him, but he definitely proved me, not really proved me wrong, but showed me that. They were not justified to have those concerns. Yeah, and and having Jamar Chase there, I think, helps him tremendously. Yeah, and the uh, risk that Cincinnati took there, they had uh, a chance to take the tackle from Oregon uh, that the Lions took. Uh, mm-hmm. His his brother's actually in the draft this year as a linebacker, um, Penny uh, Sewell. So, he they could have took him and got him some protection up front then instead they went chase and that let that got them all the way to the super uh to the super bowl mm-hmm. and basically the reason why they lost the super bowl is they couldn't keep him upright right um so now they've been trying to rebuild that offensive line to get him time to push the ball down the field and it's been a work in progress dealt with a number of injuries up front with the new guys they brought in and We'll see if Cincinnati later in the draft decides to build up that side of the football. I'm a little surprised with Brian Callahan as the offensive coordinator that they haven't made a change with their offensive line coach. Cleveland's yeah. offensive line coach is his dad. And, yeah, former uh, Nebraska coach, right? Former Nebraska coach, former Raiders head coach. I think he was coached the Green Bay briefly, if I'm not Yeah, mistaken. he uh, – Callahan uh, coached, uh, was the offensive line coach, then the play caller, then not the play caller in Dallas. But he is a very well-regarded offensive line coach, and he's done very well in Cleveland. And uh, I'm just 
Stefanowski put together another guy who I think is on the hot seat has put together a pretty good staff. I think Alex Van Pelt's a good coordinator, although he isn't the play caller. But uh, but by not having uh, but by having your dad available and being a heck of an offensive line coach, I'm a little surprised with all the stuff, all the money they've invested that they haven't gone after him and tried to get him to become. Uh, well, we all know the, uh, Mike Brown doesn't like spending money. True. He kept Marvin uh, uh, Lewis. Mar- yeah, Marvin Lewis there like 10 years past. He probably should have. <laughs> well, he, I mean, he got him to the playoffs and just couldn't win. But yeah, I think, I just think Bill Callahan would be a heck of an upgrade. And, uh, and I, uh, the Bengals have got to do everything they can to keep Joe Burrow standing up on two feet because you're right in the fourth quarter. He just, he just couldn't get anything off. And that becomes exceptionally difficult. Yeah. So the Saints pick is in. They need O line help, wide receiver help, linebacker help. Uh, you have Drew Sanders still on the board. Osiris Torrance, so interior offensive lineman from Florida, still on the board. Um, another D lineman from Clemson, uh, Brian uh, Brisi, still on the board. So we'll see what direction the Saints going to go in. And you got to think maybe rounds three, maybe four, they're going to take a uh, running back or two. Just mm-hmm. you mentioned Kamara. Not every, not. Not every time what happens to Vegas stays in Vegas. Sometimes it comes back to haunt you. Oh, yeah, and this this could be pretty serious. Yeah, and, very uh, and I'm I'm surprised that the NFL hasn't reacted to it. I think quicker. they're waiting to see the legal end on what happens. Mm-hmm. So, but the Saints, I also think they just got to get younger and younger and cheaper on defense, and younger and cheaper at wide receiver and uh, mm-hmm. offensive line. Oh. offensive line, Boy, wide receiver that, and uh, running back. That uh, that Michael Thomas contract for their wide receiver, they paid him, and then it's been uh, he is headed straight for the training room every season. Yeah. That's a... definitely why he took a big pay cut this year to stick around because it's like we can't mm-hmm. pay you this anymore. No, <laughs> no, and and he's damaged goods. I don't know anybody else is going to pay him. Although maybe Baltimore would, since they gave OBJ fifteen million guarantee. The Rams might. I don't think the Rams have the money. No, they don't, but they just like to sign every older player, it seems. Mm-hmm. Allen older. Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> Odell. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. Brian Breesey from Clemson, a defensive tackle, goes to the okay. Saints, so they do get younger. Yeah, and I okay. did, I'm surprised their coach is still there. I, I didn't think the coach decision for the Saints was a good one. He didn't do well in, uh, in Oakland when he was there. Nope. Um, I – not a fan, and they Dennis Allen is just to me not a good coach. No, and and he even his record as a defensive coordinator, which is where his hat is hung. He, he was in Denver and and followed somebody, and the the ratings went down. He's just one of those guys that I, I don't understand it. And he draft he was there when they drafted Carr. Like Carr was his quarterback with the Raiders. Now yeah. he's got him in New Orleans, and I, I think it's it's two guys that are just going to get you to seven and nine or seven and 10 this year or eight and nine or whatever it's going to be with a 17 game season. But I I just don't see now Carr might end up being the best quarterback in that division this year as you got Desmond Ritter, you've got a rookie in, uh, in Bryce young, and then you've got uh, Baker Mayfield, but he's just one of those guys that doesn't just get you right into the middle of the pack. And you're drafting at 15, 16, 18, 
whatever next year, and you're never going to get good enough to get his replacement. And you're you're just never going to get into the playoffs with him. And and if you do, he'll lose in the first round. Yeah, and so it is Brian Brussy, um, how, how it's pronounced, uh, the Saints pick. The concern you have with him is injuries. He mm-hmm. 2021 missed the final nine games because of a torn ACL. 2022 uh, missed four games. Then I know he's had um, some other injury concerns. Uh, yeah, torn ACL in his left knee, required season-ending surgery, just as the knee returned to 100%. He battled a draining case of strep throat, caused a kidney infection, landed him in the hospital, um, played 40-plus defensive snaps in only three games in 2022 as the coach has limited his playing time and both practices and games. So a lot of injury issue, illness issue, um, probably why he dropped this far in the draft, the guy with his body type. I Mm -hmm. felt he would be similar to a a Dean Lowry-type player, so I'm kind of glad the Packers didn't take him. Mm -hmm. But a lot of medical red flags in front of him. Yeah, that's interesting. I've always been intrigued by how which teams clear which players and and your your medical staff plays in it an important role with some of these things, but how do you in the first round? Yeah, a lot of trauma too. He had uh, uh, during his junior season, his younger sister uh, passed away battling brain cancer. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of trauma too. So he's definitely been through a lot growing up. Um, definitely been through a lot. And you love, you know, you like seeing him continuing to stand with that much, you know, big loss in his life. Mm-hmm. But no, that's a lot of adversity to overcome. Yeah, a lot of adversity to overcome with the injuries and the illness and his sister's illness. So wish him well. But like I said, definitely a lot of, for him, a lot of medical red flags for me. So we have two picks left the uh, two participants in the Super Bowl. So you could go offensive line here. They do got to get some uh, replacements for. Mm-hmm couple guys on the O-line you brought back this year. Mm-hmm. Kelsey being uh, one of them. Kelsey's kind of at the end of his. Yeah. Osiris Torrance can play both guard or center. Uh, the guy from Wisconsin I mentioned a couple of times, he can play guard or center. Um, I don't think he'll go first round, but hey, we've been surprised a few times. Well, I got to feel bad for Levis just sitting there mm-hmm. wondering when this is going to end. It's not going to end uh, with Kansas City unless somebody trades with Kansas no. City because they want to get that pick, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, who's sitting there in the top of the second round? Rams, maybe. They're at 36. It's not going to cost them that much to move up, although they no. have very little in draft capital. And you got to wonder with Stafford, and I don't think they have any other quarterbacks currently under contract on their roster at the moment. Now they'll obviously fill that, but but you're you got to have somebody as a backup. I bet you McVay's hoping he falls to them. I, you would think, and and really nobody in the second round is at the top of unless somebody trades up. The second round is all uh, is all quarterback stable yeah. teams: Steelers, but, Texans, Cardinals, Colts. Yeah, but the reason you would trade back into that first round is the same reason why the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson; they wanted mm-hmm. that. Fifth year option, yeah, yeah, and, and if depending on how long Stafford lasts, I also got it. I, I hate to be this egotistical about it, but 
I got to think if you're Matt Stafford and you're Aaron Rodgers, at some point you got to be thinking of, and the the resumes when you really really start to dig into them, become very similar. Who's going to the Hall of Fame? Rodgers most definitely is going to get in there. Is Stafford going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't think he'll be a first ballot, but now that he's got that Super Bowl, I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Well, there are quarterbacks without it. Jim Plunkett, not in the Hall of Fame, took Kenny Stabler passing away before he got in. So there are guys, and and truthfully, I think part of Rodgers' decision to come back this year and play again is because Tom Brady retired. Yeah, and they both would have got in in that same year. I just don't think you wanted to share that spotlight. I don't think you wanted to share that. It would have been a lot of Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, and you kind of pale in comparison to the guy who's arguably the best quarterback to ever play. So we'll see. Eagles picked uh, Jalen Carter with the first pick. They went defense. What do they do here? Yeah, I think you get some guys on the O-line that can uh, plug and play in a year or two. See, the Eagles have a talented – they're older in spots, but they have a very talented roster. Yes, but they're old, and old gets expensive and old gets a little brittle. Yeah, and that's why you draft maybe an offensive lineman here to Mm -hmm. be ready to sub in for Kelsey, who probably has one year left. Lane yeah. Johnson played the year with a torn groin muscle. He may yeah. want to decide you want to move on from him soon. Mm-hmm. He's going to well, get expensive if he's not already. Yeah, and you went through this with Jason Peters where he kind of yeah. hung on and kind of hung on and was hurt and hurt and hurt. And the less hurts that uh, the less hits you get on Jalen Hurts, you the better off you are. He's going to take some anyway in the running game. You just gave him a crap ton of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd like to keep him upright for a few so you're years. You're going to have to get younger at flip position because you're not going to be able to have the money mm-hmm. once that uh, extension really kicks in. You're not going to have the money mm-hmm. to uh, no to go out and get a nine million dollar offensive to, lineman. No, yeah, I can have the money to sign a uh, big name free agent right now. Unless you bowl the Rams and you trade draft picks to yeah uh, to mortgage your future, mortgage your future, and then you're in the position the Rams are in right now. Yeah, massive rebuild for them. I got to think if you're the Eagles, you're looking for somebody that can play two positions for you, somebody that can play center guard or somebody who can play guard tackle that will give you some depth. That's Osiris Torrance. He can play guard or ta- uh, guard or center. I mean, uh, Steve Avila from TCU can play uh, either position. Um, Tipperman from Wisconsin can play either position. You can, yeah, even, but- you can even put him in a tackle in a pinch. Mm-hmm. He's taller than most centers, too. Yeah, that would be that would be good for them to get some versatility and, and youth, and that helps you on game day. That you're, if you're only going to carry eight offensive linemen, that uh, you get a couple of guys sprinkled up. You're not pulling uh, somebody from your D line over to fill in. How funny would it be if Donna Kelsey uh, uh, names a replacement for uh, Jason Kelsey oh. with this pick? Well. I mean, he's he's at some point it's coming. Father time stops for nobody. It's still going to be funny. I'm going to I'm going to chuckle a little bit. That would be that would be a little odd. It would be a kind of an awkward uh, conversation. Yeah. uh, Thanks, mom. Does she come back out uh, for Travis Kelsey then too? Oh, oh goodness. And then name Mike uh, tight end uh, Luke Luke Musgrave uh, with that pick. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be something. Draft both of her boys' replacements. 
You already have a microphone, ma'am. You don't need to go behind the podium. You don't need two microphones. Well, she's not a broadcast professional, so. True. Nolan Smith comes off the board. Okay, they get Nolan younger Smith. on defense. Yeah. Well, that's good. They, they walk away with two potential starters. Both uh, from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Kind of did what the Packers did last year. Oh. Wyatt and, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, Georgia's just been a factory. They had 15 players drafted last year, including five in the first round. And then to have it again this year, it's just, man. That's uh, that's quite a defense that Kirby Smart put together down there. So, edge, defensive line, offensive tackle, and running back is what CBS Sports says their top positions are in need are for the Chiefs. We are at ten forty five, and finally just about done with round number one, and uh, the double A as you've mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. he's an option here. Uh, Derek Hall, edge guy from Auburn's an option. Keon White from Georgia Tech. Um, not really a running back you take here at all. Um, not really a D lineman now at this point you take here. So my guess is it'll be an edge guy. It's more pressure on the quarterback. I know they just took the guy from um, Purdue a year ago, um, Kiefer, mm-hmm. uh, Kiefer, Kiefer, mm-hmm. Um as a pass rusher. You can never have too many pass rushers, though. And they could go offensive line here, too. They're, yeah. they're, they went out and they signed free agents, and, the, and they got – better and they got a little older and now orlando brown he's caught he's back in his troublesome i contract issue kind of situation again so it does it become one where you you've got to start thinking about a year from now two years from now you're going to have challenges or do you look for a tight end to replace kelsey eventually and using two tight end sets now maybe put him in and draft the kid from notre dame let him handle some of the blocking and Utilize Kelsey a little bit off the ball a little bit. Yeah. So Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Jordan uh, Davis, and uh, Kobe Dean. Dean, all from Georgia in this Eagle defense. Yeah, my TV didn't like that I've been having on the same channel for so long. It was about to say, hey, we're going to turn turn you off if you're not watching anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite a testament to Georgia's defense, and there must be a comfort level that they uh, – the Eagles coaching staff yeah. has. And the Packers yeah. have three Georgia de- defenders on their team. They got Stokes, they got Wyatt, and they got uh, Quay Walker in their defense. Yeah. So a lot of talented players in the last two, two to three years from Georgia being drafted in the first round. Yeah, and the one guy that I thought would do okay and eke himself into the draft, I think may end up being not drafted this year from Georgia, Stetson Bennett the fourth. I yeah, think he'll, he, uh, if he does, he'll be a late late round oh he's yeah i i thought he'd be a six or a seventh round draft yeah. to begin with and now but he's got the, some off the field concerns too and, and that's what you thought he'd be fine with he's a little bit older he's a little more mature he went to junior college came back led the team you think okay you just you you, you got a nice life in front of you as a backup quarterback just go in make a couple million dollars a year make way more than your college roommates are ever going to make in their career and just enjoy it and Todd Munkin, his offensive coordinator, is now with Baltimore. That would seem to be a natural fit that you could come in. You know part of the offense, and you just sit there, hold a clipboard, and be Chase Daniels for 10 years and make a ton of money. But yet, Daniels made a lot of money. Yeah, Yeah, just guys that are smart about it and and good teammates and good practice players, and you got a chance to – and he has done – I think he he and Jalen Carter, both from Georgia – have done as much to damage their brands and their 
their draft prospects as anybody in this offseason after the season concluded. Just yep. uh, And Stetson Bennett's undersized, too. Let's be honest. He's not uh, prototypical size by any stretch. Yeah, and I've seen the uh, ECU quarterback kind of in the same. Uh, people are, seem to be high on him and to me. He's a seventh-round guy, mm-hmm. drafted guy. Yeah. He's a guy you you would like to have in in your camp, and mm-hmm. uh, he's a good back. Could be a good uh, guy to hold the clipboard for a while. Never going to mm-hmm. be an NFL starter, but you need those guys sometimes too. Yeah, Max Dugan. I remember a story Eli Manning told about Jared Lorenzen, the hefty lefty, the big three hundred pound quarterback from uh, Louisville that yeah. passed away a few years ago. He rest in peace. Oh, yeah, he rest in peace. He uh, he. Uh, Eli Manning credited him with the Super Bowl win. And it was because of in practice, I guess, Lorenzen liked to hit him with uh, blocking pads, the the pads the defenders hold it so that offensive linemen can fire out or backs or tight ends can. And he liked to hit him a lot while he was scrambling around. And it came into play in the Super Bowl. And, and Eli Manning said, if he hadn't done that all season long in our drills, then I wouldn't have been able to escape from that play and make the throw that, the guy caught it on his helmet, and uh, and they ended up beating the Patriots. He's like, it, it just wouldn't have happened. It was because of him doing it every day in practice, this habit built within Eli Manning that he was prepared for that moment. You don't think about those kind of things. Or or a guy like Josh McNown, who was, uh, by all accounts, a great teammate, even though he played on like 12 teams or something ridiculous, who's now the quarterback's coach in Carolina. Those Sometimes having those good guys around that maybe aren't as physically talented can lead to good players that that push their their counterparts or they're just good in the locker room. Looks like our last pick is in for tonight. Let's see what the Chiefs <clears throat> sorry, see what the Chiefs do. And the Steelers go live tomorrow. First pick in the draft for day two. They've gone running back before drafting late and not had much success with it. We'll see what, uh, if that pops up, I don't think there's anybody that's uh, speaking up to him at this point. I think Zach Charbonneau is going to be an interesting pickup on day two for somebody. I think he's every bit as good as the guys that went, uh, that went to the first round here. And he, uh, he played really well at two different systems, both at Michigan and UCLA. And he could be one of those value picks that just outperforms a first rounder and costs you a lot less money and a lot less capital in the draft. They're dragging this one out. Are we trying to make it to yeah. 11 o'clock? Yeah, probably need, you know, out of commercial to play here. So they got to stretch it out a little bit and, yeah, try and, to figure that out. And it is in Kansas City. So let the fans have uh, the last couple of minutes of a good night and a. Start to a festive weekend, I'm sure. What a treat for uh, the Midwest to have uh, this pop in. Yeah. Now, the one downside, if you decide to have this in Green Bay in a few years, uh, end of April, if you look at the weather we have now, it's not going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Going to be wearing parkas and stocking caps and possibly five feet of snow on the ground. (coughs) Or it could be 68 degrees and sunny. Or both. In two days. <laughs> yeah, day one of the draft is 80. Day two of the draft is 30. <laughs> uh, but what a boon for the economy yeah. that would be. Oh, I want the draft in Green Bay. I plan on being there when it, when it if it ever does happen. So, 
I, I had the opportunity to, to hit uh, the first round in uh, Chicago and it was, it was pretty spectacular, not super well laid out from a geographic where they did it, but uh, nobody seemed to mind. And uh, well, they can always bring it back to Chicago and the bears uh, playing in uh, Arlington Heights, Arlington Heights. bring it to Arlington Heights. Might yeah. be laid out a little better. Yeah. That's going to be quite the transition. Yeah. As an Illinoisan, what are your, your thoughts on that whole thing? Uh, I'm a little surprised that it happened. Uh, I'm a little sad that it happened, but the uh, Soldier Field is not a great location in the city. It's just not. Yeah. And Wrigley Field is a much better location. And the Bears have actually, unbeknownst to a lot of people, played more games at Wrigley Field than they played at Soldier Field. And when they moved there in 1970, it was supposed to be a temporary situation. Soldier Field existed for a long time. It was built, I think, in 1919. It's hosted all kinds of things from rodeos to track meets to concerts. yeah concerts to 100,000 uh, spectators for the public league championship for high school football. So it, it was there and, and they had other teams playing. In fact, I'm wearing tonight a, a Chicago Hornets. Uh, they played back in the 40s. Uh, and then there was a, a minor league team. And then they had a minor league team in the Chicago Owls that played there in the 60s. So there were teams there before the Bears. It's a big loss pride-wise to the city. It makes some sense. It's going to be a boon to the Northwest suburbs. And a lot of Chicago fans that have Bears season tickets are coming into the city from the Northwest suburbs. So it makes a lot of sense. It will build that area up. I think it'll have some long-term implications. I think we'll see a, a third airport that's been talked a lot about in Chicago coming to, <coughs> excuse me, Rockford. Oh, Felix. On Duque <coughs> Zumar, edge guy from Kansas State. Local boy? Yeah. Well, it is definitely. So the issue with, with Soldier Field, too, is it's kind of locked. You don't have a lot of area to expand out. Um, no. The, the situation the Cubs are running into is they're running out of ways and options how to uh, improve Wrigley Field. They don't really have a lot. There's kind of that same problem. And the last time they did the renovation, oh, good God, did they not do Oh, horrible. And they lost their historic landmark status, which was just stupid. And now there's legislation in place that there can be no more improvements. There can be no more construction in that east portion. And the one thing that Wrigley has, and and whatever Comiskey is known as now, uh, even, yeah, whatever this it is this <laughs> week. And even the United Center, they're easier to get to on public transportation. You can jump on the red line. You can take the Metro down and then jump onto a bus and get to, to get to Soldier Field. Even living in the city as I do, it's hard to get to. And you end up walking a mile just to get to the stadium if you're not parking at the stadium and paying all of that. And it, it's, I mean, like Green Bay, it's right on the, the lake. So the late season games are, are cold as anything. They're never going to be able to dome it. And the mayor miscalculated and she has managed to annoy several large companies and they've left. And, uh, and Arlington Heights will be the beneficiary of it. The infrastructure will build up around it. It'll be a lot easier to get to games. The Bears will have their own stadium. They've been renting. Now they bought their own house again. So they'll be able to, uh, to do other things much like the Raiders have much like uh, the Dallas Cowboys do and and we'll get a Super Bowl here. We'll get a we'll get year-round concerts. We'll get all of those things that people want uh that can cause more money and and luxury suites and all that stuff. It'll just be sad when it happens. 
Yeah, definitely will be. I'm, uh, you know, like you, kind of a historian, uh, history buff when it comes to sports. And, you know, the old Yankee Stadium got torn down. That was sad to me. I, mm-hmm. I understand the why, but it's still sad. Um, someday, Fenway and Wrigley are not going to be functional anymore for the Red Sox and the Cubs. I know that's hard to hear that for Cubs and Red Sox fans, but unfortunately, that day is going to come. It's going to be they're going to have to make some very tough decisions in Boston and Chicago for the Cubs and the uh, the Red Sox. So I hate seeing uh, some of these, um, you know, old stadiums end up the way they do. Lambos, thankfully, in a great area where they can continue to build up around it, renovations and everything, uh, that they don't have that issue. Um, but, hey, maybe Lambo they run into a day sometime where they have to make tough decisions too. So um, with that, I want to say thank you for uh, joining me here again this year, talking uh, the NFL first round of the draft. Uh, not a lot of, you know, shocking picks, but a few, especially Detroit. Uh, Some head scratchers. Pardon? Some head scratchers, yeah. Yeah, Detroit especially and Washington as well. So thank you so much for uh, joining An absolute pleasure being here. Thank you for inviting yeah. me to be on. Yep, it's look forward fantastic. to get in touch when uh once Raider season kicks in again for some of those games. I want to thank the people who popped in, watched it, uh watched it live, gonna be watching it later, listening to the podcast later. The podcast version will come out tomorrow morning for those who want to listen back to get my thoughts and Emlyn's thought here on the picks as they came in. And uh with that said, hope you all have a great rest of your evening and uh be talking with you all later.